Hi, Yokes. Before we get started with today's special episode, we just wanted to let you know this episode is brought to you by you. We want to build this podcast as big as it can be. We want more episodes, more merchandise, more events, giveaways, you name it. We can't do it alone. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. And consider making a donation and checking out some of the great rewards we've got set up over there, or really just any donation of any kind. We want to keep this podcast free and available for everyone, so if you have a couple bucks to spare, anything goes a long way. We could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Hi, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And we're back with another great movie from our friends over at Marvel. The last movie before we get to... The Black Panther! The Black Panther! Comes out next week. Comes out next week in your time, not ours. Uh, We've already reviewed the first six... Is that right? I'm pretty sure that's right. I don't know. We've reviewed a bunch of movies in this series. Uh, that's how it is. And you can go back to listen to those episodes on those movies and help you get caught up on what's happened. As well as all the other great movies we've done. Or you can just dive in with us right now because this week is a special week. We've got a guest on the show. Guest, who are you? What do you, what do you, what do you, how do people know you? I'm John Gurney. They know me because they love me. And, yeah, uh, they do. I don't know how else. Wow. Uh, you know, John, Yeah, it was an article you wrote that catapulted the Super Carlin Brothers to fame that I found. I try to bring it up a lot. Yeah, I found that. I just want you to know that. That, like, I was watching Ratatouille with Jonathan because mm-hmm. I said I, I hadn't seen all of them. I just read this amazing article. He was so young back we, then. Yeah, I need to watch this. And he was like, oh, this is a good movie. Whatever. Let's watch it. And then he was like, wait, what kind of amazing article? And then I showed him. <laughs> and then, boom, here we are. Here we, here are, we are. So many Gathered years around. Riding on their coattails. Isn't that a life? Yeah, it's a good time. You know, and a lot of people don't realize that you guys lived, I don't know if you still live, in Roanoke, just 45 minutes away from where I grew up in Lynchburg. How'd you end it's up all the way Lynch- on California? Oh, that's a, that's a tale for a different time. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like people don't really leave Lynchburg all that much. Um, yeah, I came out here for, you know, why does anybody else come to California? Money. Gold. Be a movie star? Yeah, the gold yeah. rush. Well, now it's just like, yeah, I don't think the gold thing is still going on. I mean, who knows? Who knows at this point? But anyway, we're, John's John's here to talk about, uh, what are we talking about, Ethan? We're talking about Thor Ragnarok this week. Thor Ragnarok. It is 16, it is 16 movies, by the way. Like, this is the 17th. Yeah, this is, okay, okay. Cool. I got it yeah. right. You got it right, yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, yeah. So, real quick, just a couple a couple knockdown stats on this movie. Tyler, how much does this movie cost? $180 million. Man, I could use that kind of money right now. Yeah, My th- power bill was over $500 this month. Good that lord. Is, <laughs> is insane. Uh, so I could use $180 million. Uh, but this movie uh, smartly invested it. It was well well invested money. Cost $100 million, Made $852.4 million in just 201 days, uh, which is a lot a lot of money oh, it's less than 201 days i did oh. not update that part correctly gotcha oh yeah way less than 201 days yeah. but even though uh, it came out in november it's the eighth highest grossing film of 2017 yeah that's crazy, that's crazy. pants mm-hmm. it is also at this point still in theaters where i live that's also crazy pants yeah it there's there's still one theater where you can go see thor ragnarok up to this moment Let's did it get that. nominated for anything uh don't think so no, maybe no set design well, uh, costumes gardens of the galaxy did best was... chris hemsworth hair I don't even know that this is the movie with the best Chris Hemsworth hair. Of 2017? Yeah. It's entirely possible, isn't it? What else did he do this year? He was in that um, 12 Strong movie. That's 2018. That hasn't come out yet. Wait, it what? just really? came out. It just came out. Yeah. yeah. My mother-in-law has seen it. I know that much. I saw well, it. That does not count for the 20... 20- 
17 Oscar season, I do not believe. Hmm. Anyway, I don't think it got nominated, but it did get really good reviews. It got a 92% critic on Rotten Tomatoes and an 88% uh, audience, which is exactly the same as Spider-Man, which is uh, not really surprising to me. And I got a 74 on Metacritic. John, that's a C. Yeah. You guys do hmm. you guys do like classroom grades on your show, so that's a C. Well, well hold on, hold on. If you're going to say that it's not it's a Thor movie. A Thor movie did about as well as a Spider-Man movie in 2017. Like that blows my mind. Right. That does blow my mind. Spider-Man, you remember well, the look, first Spider-Man? That movie made so much money. The second one too. The third one even. The, yeah. the third one was a cinematic travesty that I believe made money on name alone. If if mm. one was to ask me. Goodwill. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no. This movie is incredible. The fact that it was as good as it was. In fact, but it did kind of beat you over the head with the fact that it's uh they're going a new direction. If I look through my notes here, I think I have the words that's really the nail in the coffin that they're going back from the old Thor to a new Thor like seven times. Uh, I- I'm sure I could find it. It is definitely a different kind of Thor than we usually get. Yeah. That was by it's design. Like totally yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what, that- Chris Hemsworth legitimately was the one who went to, uh, I think he went to Waititi or he went to uh, the screenwriter. Um, I think, was it Earl Thompson? Or Eric Pearson. I always get his name wrong. But he actually went to them and was like, my character's boring, let's switch it up, and they let him do it. Well, I love that they did that because it, it's almost like a nod to the fact that the like comic books are what they are because there's so many different stories but also continuities and everything in comics that you're able to really mix somebody up from writer to writer and director to director and I don't know I think that's a really cool thing that they did I'm happy that they did it also because now I feel like we can get two more Thor movies and just forget the first two and call it a trilogy it's a retcon let's call it what it is yeah wait what does that mean I don't know forgive me it's a comics thing so in comics retcons happen all the time it's basically what you just described Uh, retcons happen when they like a new writer or like they want to like just refresh everything it's like the new 52 at dc right right and they find yeah. they use like a plot device to retcon just change everything up so everything we're spoiling thor right oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. by the way yeah yeah they're a full spoiler episode okay so the fact yeah. that he loses his hammer his eye his hair they strip his character down asgard is gone all of that is like just a big retcon of the thor character and I think in a good way. Oh, oh 100%. yeah, the old Thor character was boring. One hundred percent. I, I mean, don't care about Norse drama. I mean, the, the mythology part was cool for sure, and he was well portrayed in the Avengers movies that he was in. But I, to me, the the actual Thor movies never held up, especially the second one. I was just watching the second one in anticipation of this. Uh, didn't finish it, obviously. And you know what? I think I kind of get what Alan Taylor, the director, was going for. I think he really wanted to make like a Game of Thrones fantasy superhero movie, and that's kind of why it's kind of boring right is it because the whole mythology high fantasy thing has been done so well so many times especially as Mm -hmm. you mentioned in game of thrones that it's and maybe it wasn't at the point when it came out because it's been a while but at at this point it doesn't it's it doesn't do as well as the other things in its category we're over lord of the rings we want the bloody you know we want all the gross stuff that game of thrones gives us and it's funny because alan taylor directed a few episodes of game of thrones some of the best episodes so you can see clearly what he like why he was brought on to do thor and I i think he did both Thor films, actually, yeah. Uh, but did he chose... One. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. He did the second one, and he his only other movie is Terminator Genesis, so that's great. Or no, his only other recent movie. And Alan Taylor has directed a bunch of Game of Thrones episodes, and he's also directed some of the best TV shows of all times. He's directed episodes from Mad Men, Breaking Bad. So, like, the fact that he couldn't really... That he did Thor The Dark World is really depressing. Well, the problem with Thor The Dark World is that it was... Like, I didn't think... Any of it was remarkably bad. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy no. 2 was remarkably bad. According to some people who are wrong, sure. Right. Well, who are right. Mm. Um, 
Like, I can point to Drax and be like, that's a huge problem with this movie. Or I can point to David Hasselhoff oh showing up God. in a serious conversation and say, that's the problem with this movie. But in Thor The Dark World, it's just like, nothing about this movie is bad, but well, the Dark Elves. nothing stands out as good. The whole, the Dark the whole villain thing. The whole yeah. villain thing. But sidebar, yeah. and, and this is just a complete throw. I know Ty has never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. It's actually how we used to start the show. But this man, Alan Taylor, directed Beyond the Wall out of the last season, which was one of the best episodes that the whole series has had. Really? I disagree. I think Beyond the Wall was the worst episode of that entire season. Really? It's so... But he directed, it's, he, he directed it's, the one after it, which was a lot better. He did? Yeah. Yeah. He also directed Baylor, which a lot of people consider the best episode. No, ba- yeah, Baylor is great, but it's, he's not listed on, at least I'm looking at his Wikipedia, but he's not listed as directing that one, the next one. Uh, maybe it's a writing credit that I have it mixed with. Gotcha. But so no, that, that episode was good. just beautiful, though. It was beautiful, yeah. yeah. I just thought that the mechanics of it were just, it was such a stretch. It was so rushed. I, I, I can get you there. I can get you there. Uh, but I don't I don't necessarily think Thor The Dark World was entirely, could be entirely be blamed on him. It's interesting though because like this this is like basically the same writing team that did Thor Ragnarok which I which I think is like a lot better. And so there aren't a lot of like common denominators between these two movies. Or there's not a lot of well, variables I mean. Well, I mean the the it's the same writing team, but in Thor Ragnarok it's a writing team that flopped writing Thor the Dark World and in Thor the Dark World that hasn't happened yet. That's a good point. They right. they learned from their mistakes. Right. Like you got to give them some credit. They are human beings who grow and develop. I think yeah, we're we're pretty quick. Be... We're pretty quick to give a lot of credit to Taika Waititi for the like for the movie and I think he deserves a lot of credit cuz it's a movie with a lot of great vision, but it is I mean the screenplay was by Eric Pearson and a lot of the stuff that oh, we really this, like about the movie this, is Yeah, the there. screenplay in the movie was incredible. Yeah. The just the the comedic timing all the jokes that were stemmed so well into the actual mm-hmm. action, the actual plot of the movie it, that it, it never, to me, it never felt forced. And that's something that's hard to pull off from the whole team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can tell what parts are absolutely Taika. I mean, like the Korg, obviously that's a, you know, God, Korg is the best. Yeah. We can agree on that. We don't I, agree on Guardians Korg. of the Galaxy Volume 2, but we agree on Korg. We can agree on Korg? Okay. Korg was just a shining moment in the whole Marvel series. Mm-hmm. I want to say something really big. Uh, because I did a whole ranking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all seventeen okay. films. Thor Ragnarok yeah, w- is my number two. Yeah, go ahead and list them off for us real quick. Let's let's oh, dive sure. into that for two time. seconds. Okay, well, my number one is uh, I'm just gonna go through it: Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok, Captain America: Civil War, The Avengers, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Ant-Man, Iron Man, Guardians Volume Two, suck it, Captain America: The First Avenger, Avengers: Age of Ultron, Iron Man Three, Doctor Strange, Thor: The Dark World, Thor. Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk. So I'm glad we all agree on The Incredible Hulk. we all agree on the Edward Norton (laughs) Incredible Hulk. Uh, I'm so surprised with your Iron Man ranking being below Ant-Man. Honestly, it doesn't hold up. I I, I revisited it for like the fifth or sixth time this past year. And I know you guys did too. And I just, I don't know. Week third act. I I just disagree. I can see an argument for literally six through one. Mm. I don't know if I'd put Guardians at the top, although it is one of my all-time just favorite movies in general. I just don't, as a critic, don't think it holds up. In, you guys, in you guys called spot. it. You guys called it overhyped, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. <laughs> like I do think oh, it I, is. Like I certainly, overhyped. I have grown to love Guardians of the Galaxy much more than I ever thought I would just from doing this podcast. I my aversion to the Guardians of the Galaxy when it first came out was so strong that it can't even be stated on on film or on mm. on the podcast. It's like it, this. Well, it was the, the first movie that anybody had ever gotten in my face and just been like, why haven't you seen this movie yet? It'll change your life. And I, I so I, I bit eventually. I went and saw it and it just, 
it was good, but it, it my mind was too pre-blown mm. that it couldn't the, be yeah. reblown by the movie. But I can definitely see your whole first eight being in the top eight. Like, I can see an argument for all of them. We put Age of Ultron over the Avengers, and we think people are too mean to Age of Ultron. You know, uh, I, I like Age of Ultron a lot, and uh, I actually think it's, it's in some ways it's better than the Avengers. I'm not a hater of it. Um but I do think that the Avengers, for what it is, I mean, it's just so iconic, and it did it first that I kind of give it a little bit more, you know. And the, the, can't, a you can't. Well, no, 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 no. You can't say that sentence and then put Iron Man at eight. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can. Yeah, That's I can because fair, Avengers. <laughs> Avengers has a perfect three act structure. Iron Man has a very. I think Iron the first two thirds are amazing, and it's the third act with Obadiah Stane is just I can't. It's a stain on my life. Whereas <laughs> the Avengers, I can rewatch and rewatch. Stain. Oh, that was good. I don't know if you meant to do that or not, but I laughed. You think that Darren Cross is better than Obadiah Stane? Mm, no, <laughs> not even a little bit actually. But uh, this is, like I just don't understand this. <laughs> Uh, but that being said, we yeah we Thor ran, Ragnarok so number else, two. Do you, what do you? I would see you have Captain America: Winter Soldier at five. A lot of people put it at number one. We put it pretty low because we, it's honestly overhyped. I mean, we have it we're, at like we're, six can or seven. You, yeah, but can you defend it for us? Can you tell us why it's why people like it so much? Because I've doing a lot of reading and everything. It seems like a lot of people just say, "Oh, because it's just so great." You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> a lot of it's people just so amazing. Yeah, a lot of people reference two things. They reference that it's it's such a good uh, mix of seventy spy thriller and superhero and that was enough novelty and i think that a lot of people respond well to things they haven't seen before but that they actually already have and uh, I, I just think it surprised people that's that's all it really is and i i think like it's it sounds like it's not you know too far away from where you guys have it i, I think it's a fantastic movie but you know what it's not a movie that i like to revisit a movie that i like to revisit is captain america civil war i think that movie what it pulls off is unbelievable like the um, the things it juggles that's why the only reason i don't think infinity war is going to be a big old mess is because civil war same directors they pulled off something amazing they started with a community paintball episode and they just keep coming at us and uh you know civil war I mean, we're talking about a movie that introduces black panther and spider-man and it works so like that alone should just be remarkable oh i, no, I yeah, completely I agree I mean, we... civil war yeah is is unbelievable my big hesitation with uh uh infinity war is that it's gonna have all of those characters as well as the big characters of guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. as well as thor and hulk who are now huge rising stock and is gonna have to balance all of that as well um uh, while I'll, also i'll be honest i'm very hopeful but also terrified mm. it feels good though doesn't it the fear yeah i'm i'm, I'm yeah, excited I mean, if i'm gonna put faith in anybody it's gonna be uh disney and marvel's team and the russos I, I, I put much more faith with yeah disney and marvel than i do disney and star wars um I'm concerned about everything they make right now. Even though I did love, I absolutely loved The Last Jedi. I did not like Rogue One, and I'm nervous about Solo, and I have no idea what happens after The Last Jedi, and I don't even know what questions to be asking. So we're exactly uh, on the same page. I agree with everything you just said. But no, I mean, yeah. I, we're we're completely in agreement on Captain America: Civil War. We've currently got it at three. So wow, Ooh, look at us. What's yeah. your number one? Uh, Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man. Okay, but that may change this evening. Mm. See, with Thor Ragnarok, you know, you, you guys asked me, it was like, can we talk about Thor Ragnarok? And I was like, okay, I'll be the most of your bacon and eggs. But here's the thing. I haven't seen <laughs> Thor Ragnarok since November. And well, yeah, because Negroni is a cocktail, right? So, but yeah, I, I, funny enough, I was like, how am I going to watch this movie? I don't think it was playing anywhere in the Bay Area. But as luck would have it, I was flying to Toronto a few days ago. And guess what my in-flight movie was? There you go. 
Thor Ragnarok. I watched it on a plane. And you know what? I really liked the, the Thor Ragnarok the first time. I loved it the second time. The first time, I was like, this is a good movie. I think it's hilarious. Momentary pleasures. Second time, I was like, this is genius. Like, this this movie right? is just so, like, I can't stop talking about it. I had I had a very similar reaction. If you listen to our brunch when we talked about it, like, initial thoughts after the theater. I did, we yeah. were like, we were, You know, we were both super excited about it. But then, as I kind of let it, like, marinate with me, I was kind of like, man, I don't know if that's going to hold up. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched it again today, I was like, this is the best movie. I love <laughs> See, this. This I, is I awesome. I knew it was going to hold it for me. I've, this is the fourth time I've seen it. I'll be really honest with you. Because people kept asking me to go with them in the theaters. And so I was like, totally chill with that. So And Ethan has a endless budget to see movies, apparently. <laughs> I have movie pass. Mm. John, you go to movies on, uh, you have movie pass as well, but don't you occasionally get the like uh, like media pass or whatever to go see movies? Yeah, I I almost always get invited to the Marvel flicks. So I'll, I'll see Black Panther on uh, Tuesday, so uh, a couple of days ahead of time. I, I unfortunately couldn't go to the earlier one, which was this week. I'm jealous. But I still use Movie Pass all the time because don't you, you know. despise Movie Pass? Don't you have like an ongoing war with Movie Pass? Yes. No. But I've been a customer Jonathan. of Movie Pass for like four or five years. So it's been what? around for four years. Yeah, it's been around for a, it's been around like for six. I did not. I only had heard about it since oh, maybe they, October. Uh, yeah, because their their new pricing model went viral. But before that, they only had about 20,000 subscribers. Raises my hand, I'm one of them. And I was paying like $45 for the same service, but with fewer features. But because I watched so many movies in a month, it actually was worth it. It was basically a Groupon for the longest time. It used to be actually $15 uh, for a whole month. But here's the thing. There was a 24-hour clock. If you watched a movie at 7.30, you couldn't watch another movie until the next day after 7.30. There was a period of time where you had to take a picture of your ticket after you bought your ticket and it was glitchy as all get out and so i've i've been with movie pass long enough that i can say whatever i want about movie pass and i i go after them tyler knows uh pretty regularly yeah well yeah i mean i'm 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 seeing it on twitter as well i mean and it just it cracks me up that it's just this like i because i love the service so much because i'm just i'm brand new at it i just got it in december so it's like it's been the greatest thing ever since then i've seen every movie i've wanted to see consequence free essentially yeah thin line between love and hate i've still only seen jumanji with my movie pass Mm -hmm. uh which is bad as a film reviewer here in oscar season (laughs) i should probably take advantage of that a little bit more Uh, i've 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 seen spent 20 dollars on it and being like nine movies i've seen exactly zero of the best picture oscar nominated films uh so i feel like i should get on that with my movie pass i see at least seven or eight a month or something like that Um, so you're on you see a bunch yeah yeah i I try to but that's the thing sometimes you guys on cinemaholics do all the new movies yeah that's our thing this is also your day job right no what's your day what do you what do you you wake up and you go to work what are you doing I am a I'm a copywriter for a a certain tech company that I am I will not say out loud because I do not want to be coming across as if I am representative representative of them in any way. Ah. Yeah, I completely understand entirely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got emails just the other day at my old job about how uh, we were not allowed to speak for the company. Yeah. So I get that. Exactly. Exactly. I work for a small business. Yeah. My boss loves the fact that I have a podcast. Yeah. It's just free advertising, right? Uh, Well, I never talk about the job, so (laughs) no, not exactly. Oh, geez. Well, here's your opportunity. Uh, No. No, this isn't. We talk about movies, Uh, (laughs) not Um, (laughs) insurance sales. Cinemaholics podcast. Check it out. 
iTunes. It's yeah, it's what, actually what, fantastic. What are, what are, yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. I, I've subscribed. I told you about two weeks ago, John, that I had yeah. subscribed, but I've been uh, quite, quite busy these past two weeks quitting my job and getting a new one, so unfortunately I've only had time to listen to one or two episodes. But I uh, didn't know you were going through that, man. So well, much, no, it's so not like change. a bad thing. Like, like, there was an opportunity that came my way. And I took it. Oh, and congratulations. There's a, yeah, there's just a lot of transition involved with that. Well, Cinemaholics. I, it's a podcast. Cinemaholics. So you're also a published author, correct? Yeah, I've written two books. That's a, so a novel and a book. Uh, there's the Pixar Theory, which is uh, the novelization of the uh, the blog post. Um, yeah. And then there's a novel I wrote called Killer Joy. And the sequel is about a month away from being completed. Fair enough. Is it on Audible? Uh, no, but we've been working on the Audible, so hopefully that's going to be coming out soon. So what is... I, don't, I can't read. Oh. <laughs> you can read, actually. I mean, I have, like, I know what this Rockstar can says, but, like... <laughs> what is Killer Joy about? Killer Joy is a fantasy, and it is about, uh, it's Lord of the Rings meets Watchmen. That's all it's all Okay, yeah. okay. I'm, so I'm it's superheroes in a futuristic high fantasy concept world. Okay. Where can I, where can I get a copy of it? Amazon, Barnes and Noble. So just the big booksellers. Yeah, yeah. Just be like Killer Joy, and they'll be like Kill Joy, and you'll be like, "That's what you're turning me into." And then <laughs> I've had this conversation. So can you hold on? Can I mean, can we give it away? Can we get like a couple copies to give away? Sure. Uh, I'm actually doing a new cover design, and it's not ready yet. But uh, sure, yeah. Neat. All right, cool. That's what I wanted to know. I like giving things away. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Hopefully, your listeners like uh, you know fantasy, and they're listening to Thor Ragnarok, and I'm like, man, I love superheroes. Oh, and I also love super. Or I also love fantasy and Lord of the Rings. I wish there was a book that did both. There you go. There you go. Boom. There, there it is. There's your book. There's your book. It's called Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. <laughs> I have, actually have a Neil Gaiman. I actually have uh, two books by Neil Gaiman right here: American Gods and uh, Neverwhere on my shelf. Oh, those are I've two of my all-time favorite books, sir. Oh, uh, they're classics. Yeah, I've read them an embarrassing amount of times, and by that I mean listen to them. Mm. Do you watch the show American Gods? I did. I did. Mm. What'd you think? I loved it. It was very different, but I loved it. It is different. It's very uh, different from the show, and I like. But I was okay. I was able different to part. separate it enough, I think, in my mind to still enjoy it. That is something I generally struggle with, like a lot of people. So that's Cinemaholics podcast. Subscribe. Cinema at at Cinemaholics PLC or something. Yeah, we review new movies every week. We're talking about all kinds of new ones every was week. Was Paddington really that good? I love Paddington. You never seen it? Uh, no. Well, the first one's on Netflix. Try to watch it. It's 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 charming, and it's just it makes you feel good about the world. But is I went it into 100%? Paddington. Is the second one a hundred percent good? Yes, I was losing my mind in the theater, and I don't think everyone's. Gonna... I went with Maverick Hines. He's my co-host on Cinemaholics, and he didn't get it. He was bored. Maybe that's going to be you too. I don't know. But I was having the best. I was having the time of my life. Will Ashen, my other co-host, loves the film as well. It just some things in this world are are good, and Paddington is one of them. I just don't know. You just said try to watch it on Netflix. Like it's going to be a challenge. It's not for everybody. And... <laughs> it's not for everybody. Like, I. I went into Paddington the first one thinking it was going to be hot garbage and I walked out of it a changed man. Interesting. So it's not just like Ted without swearing. Yeah. It, here's the thing. It's not, it, it's not the kind of movie that's going to blow you away. It isn't. It, it's just, it, it's, it's got a hundred percent because it's so crowd pleasing. Like everything about it is sharp. It's good writing. It's funny. It's cute. It's good for kids. It's good for adults. It's that kind of thing. It's like a, it's almost like a live action Pixar movie in some ways. I don't want to say that too far but like yeah that's kind of where it's at well yeah because i saw most of the early reviews on it and i figured you know because a lot of things started 100 percent on, on rotten tomatoes and and that's part of a lot of problem that people have with it but i looked at the actual reviews for it and a lot of the comments were just yeah no i expected to hate this and i just can't that's what happened yeah it's incredible it's sticking at 100 percent. it looks like well yeah. we're really getting into some time here let's let's start diving into thor ragnarok um 
Ethan, do you want to start taking us through the um, plot? Yeah. Story? So the scene for scene? I, personally, I th- this this first whole intro scene is one of my favorite things of the whole movie. It's such a great exposition to this new Thor character we've got. And, and correct, yeah, you know, if you guys don't agree with that, that's fine. I know a lot of people didn't like the, the early jokes in this movie, and I disagree entirely with that. I was, I was, I'll, I'll admit this. During this opening scene, when I was in the theater and he was like rotating around and he was like, wait, wait, sir, sir. I've got to, hold on, I'm not even, just wait a minute. I was like, oh crap. You could what hear happened? the laugh track that they almost thought about putting in there, right? Yeah, I know. I thought I was watching Big Bang Theory for a second. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh crap, what are they about to do to this? He's about to say Bazinga, isn't he? Right. Oh my God, what happened? And then, but I laughed because it was funny. You know, it is funny. And then, uh, yeah, I got fortunately. I got scared immediately because I thought it was just a voiceover. Like it was just going to be narrated like Iron Man 3 was. (laughs) Because he's doing the, oh no, Thor in a cage. How did this happen? Once Immigrant Song starts. That's when I started with this movie. That's when I was like, that's when I stopped concern and was like, right. And that's it. when I, I first started thinking, thing. okay, this is this is not what I was expecting, but I'm excited. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But no, and I, it's it's just a it's I, a great introduction to what we're gonna get from post Guardians of the Galaxy Thor. Yeah, this is. Listen, just real quick, Ethan said this the other day, but this movie is the sequel Guardians of the Galaxy deserved, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was hot, gar- hot garbage. Wrong. And, uh, it was a, it was the B-side, the deep cut, but go on. Oh, God. I, I'm sorry, I can't live with this. If, you, if Yondu wasn't in the movie, it would have been unwatchable. <laughs> Uh, the Thor Ragnarok is pretty great. We agree on that. That's good. Yes. Yes, he was, yes. we do. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry. I can't keep, Ty keeps distracting me with this talk of Guardians 2, <laughs> which is something we already spoke of, and I don't want to speak of again because I know I'm just going to be upset, and, and I can live with people having different opinions. I promise. So I, People make the same criticism about both movies. They, they look at Guardians and are like, too many jokes. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the jokes. And then people looked at Thor and were like, there are a lot of jokes in that, and I laughed. But am I going to, in a few months, am I going to be like, that was funny back then. It's not funny. It doesn't hold up. And it does. It's, it does. The comedy both, is legitimately better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, my my first note in here after the sort of you son of a bitch um, is... Uh, the, then we get introduced to, you know, the whole, like, fight scene, immigrant song, super exciting, super fun. First people to do it since Jack Black did it in School of Rock. Um, and then we get introduced to Scourge. What do you guys think of Scourge? Scour- Scourge? Scourge? Scourge. What do you think of this guy? Not great. He's not bad either. Now, which which of it, when you guys did your episode, which of you guys had an issue with Carl Urban being too charismatic for the character? That was Will. Will specifically said that he didn't, it wasn't that... Carl Urban was too charismatic. He didn't like how Carl Urban was so... he didn't like that Carl Urban like was an actor that's that good in that kind of a role that he didn't have a bigger. But I mean, this is the same movie where Matt Damon literally is like a throwaway, you know, kind of character. Oh, okay, Sam so Neill he was well. he was right. concerned with with Carl Urban not getting enough of a yeah, like a he go. just didn't think the role fit. Like he just he expected more because I mean Carl Urban, I don't know Scotty and he's had decent roles in the past uh, with Star Trek and all that, and I I kind of get what he's saying. We're, but I think that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You, you, people get second chances. Like actors show up again as different characters all the time. Yeah. So I mean, maybe we'll get Carl Urban again. We know. had we had Chris 
Chris Evans is as as the Human Torch. Well, no, even if you even if you stick within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you go Iron Man to Thor Ragnarok, we've seen people do different roles. Oh, for um, sure, um, right? So like, yeah, yeah. There's the the guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, the the Asian gentleman. It's part of the the Howling Commandos. Um, Marita, Jim Marita, that comes in and is the president, like his, not president, the the principal, his great grandson or whatever in in Spider Man. Mm. That's true. I think that's a stretch. That's I I mean, yeah. That's I don't same, remember what other role he was in, but yeah. Totally, man. Well, no, okay. Um, so he, no, he was the. Sorry, not to get this. It's the same actor, and he was the, he was the principal in Spider Man, and in mm-hmm. in Captain America, the first the the first Avenger, he is the the Asian guy that says like I'm from Brooklyn or whatever. Oh, nice catch. Well, and I think it's a mistake for anybody to rule out Bradley Cooper as a, like a live action hero in the future. Right, because he would make a great hero. Uh, same with Vin Diesel, for that matter. I don't know if I could see Vin Diesel in the in the MCU outside of being Groot. I could. I don't, know. I don't see what the problem is there. Well, because we couldn't find a character for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. How are we going to find a character for Vin Diesel? I'm sure we could find a character for Dwayne Johnson. No. <laughs> but did we I'm find a not character? Educated enough. Did we find a character for Carl Urban? Because I'm still torn on that. I think we did. I think th- I like, think he was my funny. First watch through, I was annoyed by this character, and this watch through, I was like, this is a huge arc that this guy goes through from like nobody janitor doesn't even care about like the, some of the greatest heroes in Asgard dying right in front of him to like Asgard's hero at the end. And yeah, he's all doing it for glory, but that's like the Asgardian way. Like, right? Do everything. I think for if glory. he hadn't gotten redeemed at the end, I would have hated him. This might be a stretch, but the only way that I look at it and I say this is decent writing is if you're looking at the movie from the lens of uh, redeeming uh, white imperialists and you're looking at Asgard as like, you know, the European colonialism of the Americas and uh, it's that kind of parallel storytelling going on, which is what makes, I think, Thor legitimately about something, then you can actually look at Scourge as the avatar of like the person who uh, self-sacrifices for the good of future and change, somebody who is guilty of sins uh, involved, but he finds a way to redeem himself. If you look at it through that, maybe it works. John, I'm not going to, you said you don't want it to be a stretch. I don't know how big yoga is in California. Huge. But that was Yeah, that was, listen, that's not a stretch. That's like downward dog right there. Mm. What just happened. I'm I'm like blown away. I, I literally was looking around the room like I don't even know what's about to happen to me. So Tyler, you're, you you're surprised that the guy who theorized P- Pixar movies fitting into a single narrative is can stretch things. And this is surprising that Tyler's surprised by this because he's the one that likes to reach. Yeah. I do like to reach. I'm, it's all there is to it. Um, no, but I think you're absolutely correct. Is that he, it, it, and whatever narrative you want to tie to it, it has to, that's the only way he, it, it's the same thing I have with Yondu, but it's the only way he gets redemption is to kind of sacrifice himself for the things he's done. Yeah. Yondu is better though. Well, oh, Yondu is absolutely Yondu, better. I'm not doubting that Yondu for a killed second. millions of children. He didn't know what he was doing. I don't think probably. that makes it okay. Uh, yeah, I I'm actually on the side because I did listen to this. I'm actually on the side that y- Yondu, as soon as he found out what was going on, that's when he saved Peter Quill. Oh, for sure. But like, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't absolve that's him. Like, but no. like, it's yeah, it's just sort of he's not a good guy, really. He's an anti-hero at best. Right. He's an antagonist in the first film, right? And he dies to save yeah. Peter and and Ego. If anything, I like that the aliens and like the the universe of the Marvel films is this merciless. I like it. Give us more. I do like that they're getting a little darker, yeah, while also getting lighter. Yeah, that's true at too. The same time. I mean, the the MCU is really in this in the last few movies, especially the ones that are about to come up. I think developing a new kind of role for itself, and maybe they'll just shatter it all apart with with uh, Infinity War parts one and two. But Recon- who, who knows? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But they're gonna keep I taking mean, us yeah, to weird it's, places. It's, that's the good thing. Well, well, and they just gotten out with all of their like original franchise characters that they have to pay gazillions of dollars to keep. Like they can now because now they have all of 
Fox and everything, they can just kill off Iron Man and Captain America. And I, I think they'll keep Thor around because of the success that this was. They've been planning but, that for over a decade, though, because... Yeah. You can see how they write in the Marvel comics. They're trying to create new characters in the comics that will replace the ones today. So that's why we have a Muslim Miss Marvel, because they want to have that kind of representation showing up eventually. So we're going to have a Muslim Miss Marvel. We're going to have a Black Iron Woman. Um, that, that They're already putting in the work. It's not going to be long before they're going to rise up. It's going to be like the next generation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And you can see it. I mean, like, the only re- yeah, the only th- person I think that's finished a trilogy that's guaranteed to stay after Infinity War is Thor because of this, because of Ragnarok. But Thor dies in the comics a l- way before Civil War. And uh, so it, it would be kind of interesting if they just changed it up, which, you know, they totally could. I mean, they got right, a hit on I mean, it's all, there's some part of me. At the end of the day, it is all fiction. Some part of me that's definitely just. <laughs> Hoping that Infinity War ends in just an absolute bloodbath. Where there's a part two. Who's going to be in that? Well, no, Infinity War part two. When it's all said and done at the end of this uh, Infinity okay. War, that after part two, that we are left with like none of the old guard. Like Tony's well, vision I mean, comes to pass. Right. Age of Ultron. Exactly. Yeah. And and and, and I, I I feel like it's my, probably not going to happen. That it's going to be a little neat and cute and tied up together. But one one can dream. Hmm. I think, I mean, I think the way you approach it is that, like, all the flagship characters are going to get a trilogy, right? That's the way I feel like it is. And, like, Iron Man had his trilogy, and then they were like, okay, but we can't stop putting Iron Man in things. Like, that's not going to happen. So they're going to just keep putting him in until Infinity War, and then kill him off. And same with Captain America, and they'll pass that gauntlet. And, yeah, that's that's kind of the way I see it. And that's how you know that, like, Doctor Strange is going to keep going, and Ant-Man is definitely going to keep going, because we have previews for his next movie. Like, he doesn't die. And doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that the old guard dies some of them are going to die captain america is going to die but i could see tony stark uh going into the cosmos and doing his guardians of the galaxy stuff because that would be part of the source material they could leave it open for a movie if people demand it but he doesn't have to necessarily die he just goes off into space and no one cares about him anymore but then maybe he gets to have like a little romance with gamora and some movie later on i don't know i'm so intrigued that you think captain america definitely gonna die iron man iron man maybe he's gotta die his 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 arc i mean look at his character arc and all three of the Captain America movies it's it's over like everything about that character that needs to be said has been said and it's something that well, he yeah, would he's had the best movies yeah, that's true basically so uh, you said earlier that you hated Matt Damon did you hate Matt Damon in this uh, movie did you hate that he was it's in like it? it's like how Jimmy Kimmel hates Matt Damon I like having Matt Damon around to just you're basically Jimmy Kimmel is what I'm saying wow Johnny Kimmel that's so weird because Johnny I so Kimmel. dislike Jimmy Kimmel Right, you don't like that, that makes sense. No, out of all of the like late night hosts that have like pretty much ever been on television, I think I like Jimmy Kimmel the least. Really? This is the guy that looks exactly like James Corden, I believe. It. I do not look like James Corden. You gotta at least it's like Kimmel over like... Craig Ferguson. I love Craig Ferguson. Oh my gosh. He's hysterical, but he might just be hysterical because he's like foreign. But uh, what he's like, he's uh, he's Scottish, right? Yeah. So he just says a lot of things that I, I just enjoy because they're not things that people. I'm uh, more of a Jim Jeffries guy, like me I say. guess. Uh, but no, I see. I just I li- if I have to pick a Jimmy, I like I like Fallon. Oh, I like oh, Fallon. Uh, uh, we yeah, although on. some some great <laughs> things have come out of Kimmel, like the celebrities read mean tweets thing gets me every time. Oh, every time. I just like I mean, Kimmel. Whole... I like the way he roasts Matt Damon on a regular basis. That is hysterical. Yeah, I was just watching earlier and and. and interview with Chris Hemsworth where they just kept cutting to Matt Damon. Yeah. When they did the, uh, was it the Oscars? It was some big event when he was doing that to Matt Damon again. I think it was like two years ago. Uh, they did the We Bought a Zoo. It, it, it's a whole thing. I'm not going to be able to get it right, but all that to say, I just don't like Matt Damon movies. I, I, I see him in movies and like, I see him in The Martian. I'm like, oh, I don't care, but I, I don't want it. But I like that movie, but like, 
I like that movie and Goodwill Hunting, and I don't really like any other Matt Damon movies. I don't think. But what I, I saw him in the series, he's my least favorite part of those movies. Really? Yeah. The nose plays, dude. I think yeah. I think that that the Ocean's movies is the best thing that Matt Damon's done, probably as Matt Damon. Uh, I I kind of agree with you actually. And that, like, I I don't really like the um I'm, I like the Bourne, Bourne movies, but it just I think they could have really been anybody. I I was never into them. I don't, I don't know why. I'm more of a James Bond, I, Mission Impossible. That's my that's where I'm at. I think well, to me, Matt Damon is is pretty much interchangeable for any white dude actor. Right. He's got his whole like entourage, Ben Affleck and that whole crew. I think most I think Matt Damon just... movies would be better as Ben Affleck movies. I don't oh, know if I agree with that. Yeah, it's like, you hate this butterscotch lollipop? Well, here's this root beer lollipop. I don't know. Well, you literally just named two of my favorite lollipops. <laughs> like... This keeps happening. Okay. <laughs> But no, seeing Matt Damon in Thor Ragnarok was hilarious to me because I that was perfect. I, I just think that that's Marvel just showing off at this point, and I, I'm good with that. I think some people like like to dislike Marvel because it's fun to be a contrarian, and uh, I do it all the time. And uh, but with with them, just be able to say like, yeah, we we got Matt Damon, one of the Hemsworths, and freaking Sam Neill just stand just to show up on set for like one day. I was so distracted by Matt Damon that I missed Sam Neill the first time. It's hard to catch, yeah. but yeah. yeah. And that, that was surprising for me because I've seen Jurassic Park more than any other movie. Mm. There was a time in my life when I was uh, probably like seven or eight that I used to just come home from school every day and watch Jurassic Park. That was uh, when I was eight. I think that was uh, Clooney's Batman and Robin. <sighs> it's a fun connection too because uh, Neil's in this movie and then of course Goldblum is in this movie as one of the best characters. Oh yeah. You think, okay, I this is another one of those I needed it a second time around things. I did not like get the Goldblum thing the first time I watched it. I was just like, this is funny, but... I don't feel like I'm getting enough of it, or maybe I'm getting too much. I just can't quite figure it out. And then the second time around, I realized how much they give you. And I, I don't think he had a script. I think he just showed up and did his Goldblum thing, and it was kind of like, kind of like Caddyshack, where they were just like, "This is what happens in this scene," and just kind of go with it. I think that's why I like I, it. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it, the stock rose a hundred times. It yeah. feels like Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum, or at least what I know Jeff Goldblum to be. What I love about yes. it is that I totally buy that he is the collector's brother, and that we if uh, I just I just want to see Goldblum and Benicia del Toro together on screen at some point. I think that that would just be, but I, I just buy it. I, I totally buy that he is like a, a daunting somebody who is like uh, an elder of the universe, like in the comics, and uh, it's just uh, Goldblum's larger than life. He just he just fits it. Oh, for sure, and and he's like this like he's like mercilessly naive. I think hmm. is the way he at least well, wants because to you can be safely. Trade. assume by the things that are said in the movie that he's been around for a long time he's seen and done almost everything but has never really enjoyed any significant amount of power outside of Sakar. he's neutral evil which is hard to pull off in most uh fictions right it's like he's he's clearly the bad guy but you you know he doesn't. He's not the bad right, guy. Right. He's not the bad guy, and you can kind of love him. You kind of hate him. Well, and he doesn't have evil, evil motives. Like to him, it's just everything that bad that's happening to you is just how he lives his life. Like he's already gone through the whole process of like ruling a land and having a gladiator fight. Now the bad thing that happens to you is that oh crap, you're the gladiator in this guy's life. But but like he doesn't care if it's Thor and the Hulk. He just wants a good fight. But he cares about what other people think of him, which was it's what makes him sympathetic. The reason the character works is because he gets that one line where uh, they he's like, "Don't call them slaves." Okay, the prisoners with jobs, and that's all you really need to know about that character. That's why you're able to not totally hate him because you're like, "Oh, he's right. trying, but he's failing," and that's amusing. Right. 
Right. It's like he could put in just the tiniest bit of effort to be a good guy, yeah. well, but he's not going to. But you also get the feeling that things could probably be a lot worse. Yes. Like yeah. maybe he's well, maybe he does have slaves. Maybe he does, you know, do some reprehensible things. But Sakar seems like a pretty god awful place to be. But that's the thing. For him, he's a pleasure seeker. So right. what makes his character interesting is he's a pleasure seeker in a city where a lot of people don't get to experience that. And so it's 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 a nice commentary on hedonism. He also brings joy to a lot of people with his you know gladiator fights and parades and his orgy. I've seen machine. what Philadelphia Eagle Eagle fans can do to a city. I'm sure. I'm sure they're very similar to Sakarians. Mm, yeah. What? Well, I mean, that's just ancient Rome in a nutshell. Yeah. What a weird thing, man. Ancient Rome doesn't make any sense. I'm sure if I was a little bit more educated, it would. But like these dudes, just like straight up, like, oh, that's our neighboring country. Let's let's just kill them today. But the Romans <laughs> doesn't make. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, they let they would conquer people, but they would let them keep their religions, and it actually worked for hundreds of years. Yeah, that's the reason why the Roman Empire was so successful and so long-standing is because they were a lot less kind of shitty than everybody else. Yeah, like the Greeks, the way that Alexander the Great. There's a reason his hold didn't really last that long. Hmm. I'm learning so much because the way it was always taught to me by a pretty apathetic Latin teacher was like, and then they just decided <laughs> to attack Carthage. Like, well, okay, that's pretty early on. What? Yeah. Well, they, why they, did they were do that? they were blood enemies with Carthage, and it was all about power and resources. Forces. And that was a strategic victory for the Romans. I mean, after that, the, the Romans were able to have an army big enough to conquer all the neighboring, uh, all the all the neighbor, uh, all the neighbors, I guess, uh, neighboring countries. I don't think they were countries at that point. Lands. Thanks you for know. teaching us, Thor Ragnarok. You did it again. Connected cities. Yeah. You taught us all about ancient Rome. <laughs> Not quite Thanks, the mythology Jack they were going for. <laughs> yeah. I, this one did lay off the mythos a little bit, and I, I, I'm not sure I hate it, but I'm also not sure I love it. It also like revealed more of like how durable as guardians are, because in Dark World they do make a point to be like, okay, their lifespan's like five thousand years old, but it's always kind of weird, like what can really kill an Asgardian? And this movie, you get a little bit more of like what they're capable of. Yeah, like when he's punching Thor, punching Hulk, and like winning that fight mm -hmm. you kind of get an idea not only of how strong thor is but like my immediate reaction to that was like man tony must be freaking horrified around these guys like because tony's just a man in a can right uh, well i mean think says. about hawkeye oh hawkeye's the greatest hero of all time i'm sure he's not worried about anything at all oh. he's got something to fight for a family tony doesn't have family just pepper pots and happy yeah and his basically uh, adopted teenage son yeah so that's let's just be real here uh that's his secretary and his bodyguard who he turned into friends <laughs> you hey friends are the family you choose okay yeah this is this is bacon and eggs where ty has strong anti-tony opinions <laughs> tony's not even who tony says he is the nuclear okay? like, family <laughs> is the only <laughs> no, tyler, Ragnarok. tyler firmly believes that tony stark is a scroll yeah. well yeah just because tony no doesn't way. have two brothers with a youtube channel he can't be capable of family okay i get it <laughs> here's the thing about tony is he just doesn't uh here's the thing about tony is he's not in this movie <laughs> he's not well they <laughs> the tried only they Marvel certainly movie. tried yeah they certainly tried they put his outfit in there yeah like, <laughs> oh that echoes. was hysterical that was hysterical one mark ruffalo in this movie i think people are always talking about how funny thor is in this movie mark ruffalo is hysterical in this oh, film. like every yeah every time he's on screen he says something that made me laugh out well, loud. one so, of the best scenes in the movie is when banner and thor are sitting together and and he's just like you're just using me to get Get to Asgard. You're not my friend. Like, <laughs> destroys me. It destroys me. Destroy. I I, I, I laughed out loud every time that joke happened. <laughs> this movie's so funny. No, I like you, Banner. Not a Hulk. Ugh. Hulk, what are you up to? He's, he's, Winning. <laughs> but I, and I thought that was a really good 
way to, to narrate the Hulk character is like the Thor movies, the previous Thor movies, have very much spun on this axis of Thor being this fish out of water character. Hmm. And now in this movie, he's pretty confident. He's been this lone wolf survivor for a couple of years now, chasing down Infinity Stones, not finding them. But chasing them down anyway. Hasn't found any. Yeah, and and so now they have to to play Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner, as this fish so far out of water character who who comes back to reality for the first time in a couple of years and sees a city that worships him. Golly, never even feeds into his ego though. What a guy. Well, I mean, he's got to be. Well, he's not. A, he's 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 an ego kind of guy in the sense that he's got seven PhDs. He's not an ego kind of guy in that he like he wants gladiatorial glory. Yeah, he doesn't care what you think as long as you th- know how smart he is. Right. I I seven honestly the PhDs, dude. That's so many PhDs. It really okay. The first, the first time I watched this movie, the one, one of the things I did find kind of eh, was the Hulk arc, because I was like, well, the Hulk arc never really goes anywhere, because he doesn't really want to go to Asgard, and they kind of just forget that he's like a character in the movie with motivations. He just kind of goes with Thor along for the ride. Second time, I think it's like what you said, the way that he and Hulk each have a hand on the reel, and the sort of like the differences between them, and like I, I thought all of that works a lot better when you know what's going to happen, and you can actually give it some credit. Right, and you can see mm-hmm. you can see it coming that like he is gonna transform back, and that he doesn't know where he's been, and that he has been Hulk for so long. Yeah, very good. Wait, twist. This is, I mean, as far as spoilers and everything go, this is like I listened to this in your review, and it wasn't even brought up, and I can't believe we haven't mentioned it now. Uh, the Hulk can talk now. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. You seem to be okay with it. Ethan was okay with it, but it was like it's a sticking point was, for like, a lot not, of people. It wasn't something I expected, even a little bit. It was in the trailers. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, in one of the trailers. Yeah, he. It's the scene where he's sitting with Thor, and he's like Hulk, like raging fire. You know. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't remember that from the trailer. So maybe that's why I was so shocked by it. Yeah. But, well, and generally, the the response that I've seen from people who didn't like this Hulk portrayal is they're they're essentially saying if you're gonna give us Baby Hulk, we want Planet Hulk. But I like what they did here well, instead because like it's not Baby. Hulk it's t- he's a, he acts like a teenager right so that's why it works right and and the flat out answer was they were never going to do Planet Hulk no it wasn't it wasn't going to happen and yeah well, I think maybe bringing you know if you didn't want to avoid if you wanted to avoid the controversy maybe going to Sakaar wasn't the best idea but yeah well I mean it, they had all the nods to Planet Hulk that I think they needed the gladiatorial stuff they had the uh, the friendship with Valkyrie it was kind of a nice little like niche to like the fact that Hulk like makes friends at all, and also the fact that he uh, that he can talk and all that stuff like in Planet. I, I I think that that's that's fine. That's all you need. And the Cronin, obviously having Korg there. Oh, Korg! Korg, what a guy! What a shining. I got a little Korg pop right here sitting with think, me. Yeah, Korg, think Korg is thinking about us. Korg right now? is is. It's just a great comic relief character, a movie that almost didn't need a comic relief character, but got one anyway, and it didn't ruin it. Yeah. And don't forget about and Meek. How could you forget about Meek? Meek. He's got nice for hands. Yeah. He's alive. You, you got some, uh, no reason to be concerned unless you've got some scissors. What's <laughs> your mate out of scissors? Paper, scissors joke. <laughs> I just, it's such a, like, yes, the movie could have totally happened without him. A hundred percent. He's he's not a character. He's just a character that's there for a good time. And normally I dislike that, but this time I just couldn't. He serves the plot too, though. No. Getting Loki, um, being a colorful character that we can see in future movies. Hey, you know, it works. Yeah. Well, he serves the plot, but I, he could have just as easily served the plot if he was voiced by some, you know, no name, just voice a pile of rocks kind of character. Right. If you're going to have a character that only does exposition for a majority of the film to explain, okay, Thor, here's where you're at, here's what you need to do. They did it in the most entertaining way possible. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, on the topic of Loki, though, I, I, a, a lot of people have an issue with Loki in this movie. A lot of people that I've spoken with. In that, like, mm-hmm. they're thinking it hinges too much on Loki. 
And I don't see that at all. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't see it either. I, I think he's in it just the right amount. I mean, there's some good drama between him and Thor. I think it works. Yeah, but it's. I guess people are tired of the, the Thor and Loki thing. Mm. But it's different in this movie because Thor like sees through it and like it's a totally different Calls dynamic. Him on it, yeah. yeah, they talk yeah. like real people for the first time. You really get the sense that like what that Thor has naturally grown by hanging out with these Avengers. He's learned to be a little bit less like naive and a little bit more like he talks a bit more like his friends. He's become a little bit more like Tony, a little bit like Captain America. I, I really like that. And the fact that he's now so mature that he can actually like overlook his like baggage with Loki and be able to navigate it. I thought it was great character. Yeah, and just have a real conversation and say, Hey Loki, I looked up to you. Like you were everything to me, you know? And, and you know, I never, I never wanted you to go away. I never wanted you to be like this. I never saw you as this horrible person that you tried to be. Thanks, Ethan. Oh, you were talking about the movie. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, talking about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I loved I loved Loki, yeah. and they finally cement, cemented him as as not being a villain. Like, yes, he's yeah. yeah. Well, I, he's yeah. still got he's still got his shady moments, but I, he's not going to come back as another big bad. I don't know. I've seen him handing that tesseract over. Yeah, he gave it a side look. Uh, we we'll know what see. that side we'll look see. means. There's only so much we can know about Infinity War until it happens. They were really smart to kill off the Warriors 3, because then it just leaves room for Loki and Heimdall. Oh my gosh. They were so smart to kill off so many people. <laughs> they were like, you know what? This whole Warriors 3 thing, we're not doing Norse mythology anymore. Kill them. Yeah. Knock them out. Stop well, they literally, did, they literally did Ragnarok, which ends all yeah. of Norse mythology. Stop stop paying right. Zachary Levi, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, but they, they were like, you know what? We don't even need these guys to get on the ship. Just bing, bang, boom. Right. Let's knock them out. Which I was kind of um, sad about. A little bit. I wasn't. I, I, I like was the guy with the mace. Sad about it. Hogan. Hogan yeah. had a, he had the best death of all of them, obviously, because he's the one that didn't oh, get yeah. marked by a knife in five seconds. Oh my god! I'll tell you. I a lot of people will have this debate. You know, what's the best superpower to have? And people will talk about like controlling time <laughs> or controlling flight or being able to fly or invisibility. The greatest power of all time is being able to summon monstrously large swords out of nowhere, right? That would be much better than everything else. Mm. What do you think? Still Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, the way he could freeze time. That, yeah. yeah, most valuable superpower yeah. ever. I mean, sure. I think there are several characters in the MCU that could pretty handily do away with Hela. Like who? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah, okay. Vision. Well, I don't know. I think I don't think Vision could take her. I mean, we're talking about a millennia and millennia old goddess at the height of her powers in Asgard. I don't know. If, I don't know. It took all of... Ra- and I, I don't think she's totally dead, do you? Uh, no. I mean, it's, it, they left it open so that, you know, if they want Hela and Red Skull to show up when the Tesseract yeah. is touched or whatever, yeah. then go yeah, for it. Yeah, they've done that you know, several like- times. I mean, there's no way Abomination's dead. <laughs> I don't, be, I don't I think mean, they're going to bring Abomination back, but there's no way that killed him. <laughs> well, plus there's uh, the dude from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou hulking out somewhere mm. that they haven't just mentioned at all. Forgot all about him. Oh, uh, And the timeline exactly. for these movies is so off that it's hard to keep track of like how long it's really been. We, we covered that in the episode with Spider-Man because of the eight yeah. years later thing. And the answer is that there is a timeline, but nobody knows what it is. And it doesn't there, make sense. Kevin, well, it's allowed to not make sense. There's a person in it who can just undo time if he wants to. Kevin Feige released a thing that basically says all the movies leading up to Avengers happen really close to each other and that's why it's eight years later. It's it's confusing. But basically they're all supposed to happen in like 2009 or something. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. Because if it, if it did happen in 2012 when people are saying it did, then Spider-Man Homecoming would have to be 2020 and nobody's buying that right. one. But it also fits that it's been two years since Sokovia. So Thor Ragnarok 
dates itself for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are certain there are certain hard points that can't be metal. No, with. Thor Ragnarok dates itself only kind of because they they gave themselves an out when Loki was like, "Yeah, I've been here for weeks schmoozing with the Grandmaster." Even well, no, though, he says at the beginning of the, the movie that, a... that it's been two years since Sokovia. Right. You're talking about but something then the else. Grandmasters. Yeah. What? Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, he says it's been two years since Sokovia. But when he's talking to Hulk and he says Sokovia was two years ago. You got to take that with a grain of salt because who knows how much time in Sakaar time has passed. Right, and but... Because the Grandmaster even says, like, people would call me thousands of years old or Okay, but at least says. the beginning of the movie is tied to a date. Yes, the beginning of the movie is two years after. Right, and so, like, there being a lot of time in Sakaar doesn't affect the other time. So, I think, no, if but anything... That, just, that leaves an out for... Infinity War to kind of take place whenever. Yeah. It is kind of confusing, too, because Black Panther is supposed to be happening right now. I'm confused. Well, the Kevin Feige says he's eventually going to release a timeline. So Yeah. Like, right. like I said in a past episode, I believe that there is somebody. I firmly believe there's somebody sitting. It's going to be on the... It's going to be on the back of George R. R. Martin's Winds of Winter. Exactly. Have fun. It, it's there's somebody. Yeah, Kevin Feige. This is there's somebody ahead. in a room at Marvel with the DVDs and some string <laughs> pinning down each episode of Agents of Shield right now. No, yeah, right. I mean you got to think Kevin Feige sitting there. It, you, this is an unprecedented thing. This is like a seventeen. Like if you were to just take the hero titles out of it and just call it like Marvel. One is Iron Man one, and Marvel two is the Incredible Hulk, and Marvel three is like, and just Marvel one through eighteen. <laughs> that's never been done before, ever. I mean, so you, like Bond, the fact that this timeline's but... a little messed up, but Bond like repeats movies. Yeah, that, you can't really follow that. It's just because the, yeah, the first supposed... Casino Royale was just a fake movie. It was a joke. Don't get me started on that. That's a different topic for a different day. In There's fact, other things though. There's like how Roger Moore is like mourning the death of like a woman who was affiliated with a different Bond in a different movie, and then it's totally off. No, for sure. There is no. There's no concrete timeline there. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just not. saying it, it is a lot of movies in a series. The only way I, I'm embarrassingly behind on Bond film, uh, but the only way that those are all like one sequential universe is if 007 is a title and James Bond is a. But that's why it doesn't work, because the different Bonds, in Skyfall, his name is actually James Bond. And then in uh, in Her Majesty's Secret Service, he that's where the tombstone scene happens. And it's like the Bond girl from a different movie from a different Bond. Right. Yeah, no, they don't make any sense, for sure. Nah, no yeah. sense. I'm not, I'm not trying to pin that down. Do you guys watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I've seen the first two I've seasons. seen sparse episodes here and there. I've seen every episode. I love Agents of Shield. And uh it what they're doing right now is great because I can't spoil it, but like it it gives them a way to let Infinity War do its thing and it all totally makes sense somehow. That's all I'll say. Also, Lady Sif was in Agents of Shield for like an episode. Yeah. Which is That was like early. Isn't that on, what she was doing? Yeah, this first movie? season. Or was the first season? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. It was the first season, so I wonder like if they're gonna explain where she's been. Where she's been. Where she's been. Team mm. Sif. Yeah, Sif happens. Where were, where were you during the events of Ragnarok? All your <laughs> friends are dead. Yeah. You're home too. And yeah. is she supposed to marry Thor at this point? Are we getting? Are we going there with the comic stuff? No. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Her, Thor and Valkyrie. Friend zone. Yeah. But Valkyrie, I don't know. She's supposed to be bisexual. So I don't know if they would leave that for, the, I don't know. I, I was, I, I, I'm re-watching uh, Arrow right now. I'm on season two, and they just introduced uh, oh, yeah. Black Canaries as being bisexual. So it's been done in this context. In, uh, yeah, uh, which was super cool. I had actually completely forgotten about they it. They shied away I, from it yeah. in this movie. Not yeah, but Arrow. shout out to Tessa Her, Thompson, though. Just in general. 
Yeah, no, I just, I loved her performance. And she, if there was any character in this movie that was underutilized, I think it was Valkyrie. I don't know, because she gets, she gets some of the best scenes. She has the, one of the best introduction scenes where she just shows up drunk oh, and, and then like falls powers the on the guns and just wipes them all out. I mean, and she gets to be in that amazing what, like sequence with like the art and the Metallica stuff and like, oh, put, put in Zack Snyder to say, uh, shame. Yeah, no. It's not Sname. What did, you, oh yeah, the, the, um, the like Wonder Woman knockoff scene. Knockoff. Well, not knockoff, but like the, the mockery. Mm, I don't remember that part in Wonder Woman where they have like wings and they're on horses that can fly and there's like a goddess of death. You don't? No. I, I do remember the Wonder Woman scene where they like lose to a bunch of dudes with like Garan forty sevens or whatever that gun is. I know that was embarrassing. Uh, but no, when um, the the Queen of Themyscira is explaining where the Amazons came from. Oh yeah, and there's like that Deathly Shadows or Hallows yeah. sequence, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I forgot. Yeah, and then and then this movie just is like, you know what? We can do that too. I see that you've made a very good film mm. with Wonder Woman. Kudos. This one's better. <laughs> it came out so close apart. It just—it's good timing. No, yeah, I thought that Wonder Woman movie was good, though. I'll give them kudos. I thought she did a great job with this part. She played the character just charismatically enough, but at the same time being completely unsure. It was is a solid performance to make me believe that character. I believed it when she was like, "I want to join your team." What's our name? I was like, yeah. Avengers. Welcome to the team. Oh man. Um, no, I just I love the I love the whole second act on Sakar. The whole thing I thought was really where this movie shined. I love everything on Sakar. Yeah. Like, I'll go there. I, I You would live in Sakar? No. But I love like watching it happen from the safety of my airplane seat. Yeah. Right. From from <laughs> not Sakar. First class? <laughs> yeah, economy. Yeah. I how do airplane seats work? how many classes are there? It changes from Plane to plane. Depends on how big your airline. plane is. Yeah. What are my, like, if you were to run down, I think the ones I can think of are like economy. Is that the same as coach? Yeah. It's like a different okay, type of coach, yeah. And then there's business. There's lower class, the lower middle class, middle class, and so on. Okay. Business I first class. Yeah. And how do planes fly? Like, how do they. Uh, there's well, magic mm-hmm. that happens over an airfoil. You'd have to watch the Wonder gotcha. Woman sequence to get it. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to lead you to a, a, a movie called Airplane! Exclamation Point. It'll oh, tell yeah. you everything. Hard science. Yeah, just absolute fact. <laughs> the greatest documentary in history. Yeah, they explained autopilots so. in a way that'll just blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I get blow, blow oh your goodness. mind. What, what, a, were you working on that all night or did that just happen? <laughs> That's what she said. I, I don't know what we're doing here. Like what Thor. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. You got to understand that our two favorite topics on this podcast are the Marvel movie we're supposed to be talking about and Airplane. utter nonsense. Oh. <laughs> uh, so Thor Ragnarok, where we are we? We're on Sakaar. We haven't talked about the villain at all in this movie so far. Hella? We have Hella's skated awesome. over that one entirely. She's hella awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. She's so she's she, she's a child of Loki in the mythology. Yeah. And they decided to make her uh, Thor's sister because they thought that the confrontation between the two characters would be much more interesting, especially given the way that uh, his relationship with Odin is written. It was actually I think Taika Waititi's call on uh but no no, actually I'm wrong. Eric Pearson made that call and Taika Waititi helped uh, sell it to the studio because it was sort of a break from the comics and the source material and the so, actual Norse mythology. So the comics mirrored to some extent the actual mythology. Uh that's a big stretch. No. Well not don't. mirrored, but, but what, like, what is her what is her yeah. background in the comics? 
She's related. She's not really related to the family in the comics, okay. and I think her name in the comics is Hell. That's, but her, I think that's in her original Norse, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I don't think she's as big of a presence yeah, compared and, to in this movie. They really make a big deal out of her being the goddess of death and all. And then, yeah, right. Well, so yeah, from what I understood from the mythology, she's like a, a kind of Hades-like character in that she sees over all of the dead. Right. That all that stuff about her being like Odin's firstborn and like he sealed her away. That's all for the movie. So that was as all, far all, as I know. Well, obviously it's all made up. But right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> aware of any comic or any sort of storyline with her that has her being like the third sibling or being the first sibling rather fair enough yeah well she was interesting i thought that that that, that played so well because it gave her an air like a, a reasonable like claim to the throne it was game of thrones well and it's that like, great scene yeah. in the in the prison where thor's in the prison and he's throwing rocks at loki and loki is just talking about you know how does it feel to not be what you think you are and to have everything turn on its head and yeah, I thought I mean I thought it made so much sense that she was the the firstborn. Plus it also yeah. just everything about this movie and and her and the whole thing is just we're going to explain why the first two Thor movies were garbage <laughs> and we're going to tell you that we are going on a new path. Yeah. Uh even the like, you know, murals painted on the ceiling were wrong and uh that was never something you really needed to worry about. So let's just materialize some swords and get rid of that. Well, those. and they let's, they destroy yeah. the hammer within minutes. Hell is in the trailer. Yeah. And that was just, and I, I granted, I had not seen a trailer for this movie before I watched it, actually. Wow. And I, well, I, I didn't, I it's don't like. It's a great trailer. I, I've seen it now. Yeah, for sure. I just, I'm not a huge fan of movie trailers, honestly. I get that. Weird. Yeah, I, I, just, I get it. If it's a movie I know I'm going to see anyway, I would rather not watch it. I, uh, I Because I feel like in recent years, they've just getting started to give with, too much away. That's how I'm getting with a lot of these, like, Marvel movies now that we're more and more invested in them. And that's how I've always felt about Star Wars is, like, just don't tell me anything. Yeah. Just let me see it and enjoy it. I completely avoided trailers for The Force Awakens. Completely. I I never saw one before the movie came out. Those trailers did a good job, though, of, like, not really showing you anything or not making you assume anything incorrectly. Oh, for sure. And there's a lot of misguiding that goes on in the trailers. And I think they're very yeah. well done, for sure. 100%, I usually, what I do the is... Force Awakens. I mean, the, the, I, the Last Jedi. I always watch the first teaser and I'll watch the first trailer and I don't watch anything else. I never, ever, ever watch the second trailer. The second trailer is the studio's like, idiots, this is the movie that you have to be spoon-fed because it's the only way to get you in the stupid theater. Don't watch trailer two. Trailer twos are never a good idea. Right, and that's what I'm saying is like, if it's a movie I know I'm going to see, like I knew I was going to see this movie simply because we were doing this podcast. I knew eventually I was going to have to watch it. Mm, cynical. Well, I, I had never yeah. seen Dark World, so I wasn't I wasn't like hot on it, yeah. and I, I was only sort of okay with the first horror movie. I, like, I liked it, but it wasn't the yeah. greatest thing ever made. But I hadn't seen Dark, I missed Dark well, World and, completely. And one of the big problems is you know ethan and i's cinematic journey is it has always been pretty parallel like we've been going to movies together since we were you know kids uh-huh. uh so and i remembered liking dark world because because of a variety of reasons so i kept hyping up this movie and talking about like dark world was great man you're gonna be so surprised like you're you're it's really gonna blow you away with how good it was they really came a long way with that one without watching it again since theaters and uh i was way off <laughs> I was, I was well, yeah, like wrong. I was busy right, the day that Ty went and saw <laughs> Thor: The Dark World, so it's like I just had other stuff going on after that. I never went and saw it again because there was nobody sitting there going, "Oh, hey, I, let's go see it together." I was just like, I forgot it existed. Mm. I'll give Thor: Dark World this; it has a good third act. the The portal scene, fight scene stuff was really yeah, cool. it is cool. That was, oh, yeah. the mechanic of the fight when they're just zapping in and out of different yeah, yeah. No, that was sick. That was a really good part. It just took a really long time to get to that. Yeah, it was a lot of Darcy. I love that. Hella, the I love that the fact they made her the firstborn was the 
best way to prove how strong she is. The fact that she can break the hammer, because otherwise that would have felt like really random. Like, how is she so powerful? But when you're like, oh, like the idea is that Odin is that powerful. And like, they really give you a sense of like world building that make you like understand like why Thor can't just beat her right. in a that simple Right, Odin's brawl. very existence has had her locked away in this yeah. prison of whatever, wherever she was. God only knows. It's um, great. Because in the comics, it's Loki who brings down Ragnarok. And and I'm glad that they switched it around because, I don't know, I think Loki serves better as a supporting character than he does a villain at this point. For sure, as this this almost foil to Thor. Yeah. Without being just an absolute monster Adopted. of a villain, yeah. Well, yeah, I never really got the vibe that Loki was, like, like as far as Thor's villains go, I never felt like him or, what was it, Malekith? Yeah. Could, like, toe-to-toe really fight him, punch and brawl win. Uh, you know, Loki's whole thing was that he was so, he was like Hitler. He could influence people like nobody else. Else. major uh, marvel villain you know like and the, the first avenger shows that like he's definitely like oh, he's yeah. not he's definitely a force to be reckoned yeah. with um but they really but, tone him but down. i felt like yeah they do and then they bring in hella who is just next level you know yeah well she's got absolutely no influence over people whatsoever like people don't want to follow her people are like no we will stay yeah, she has to raise an army from the dead you. right uh but she is unbelievably powerful and strong and you know that's why i'm not that's why i'm not as convinced right. that vision and dr strange could beat her if she can bring Thor's hammer. I, I just I don't see her being like those little ring things containing her or anything. With the sling ring? Yeah, because I, I would assume that's why you think Strange could take her down, right? Yeah, pretty much. Just yeah, that the sling ring is is the well, he's also can control time, right? Yeah, he, he could, can. Yeah, he could sacrifice himself as he intended to do with Dormammu, and right. Like he can, he can always do that now, right? That's he has the eye of Agamotto around his neck <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, he can always come to bargain. Thanos, Thanos. Yeah, I heard you say Thanos. Thanos, Thanos. I've come to bargain. Thanos, I've come. To... Is it Thanos? Thanos. 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 It's whatever you want. Tomato. Tomato. What has he been doing? A... He's doing it himself. Why are they going to explain that? Like, are they going to explain like why he's why sort of like? So oh, I'm going to do this myself. Two years later, because time is weird. Because is he getting infinity yeah, stones? Sit down. What is no, he's not because we we've revealed them all. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's uh, looking for because the, the tesseract, the ether, the the power, the uh, the thought stone. No, Black Panther should mind have stone. a soul stone. I think that's soul what they're going to go after then, uh, in Infinity War. Yeah, so there's the mind stone in in Black Panther. I thought. Gosh, I feel like I'm playing and Dungeons what? and Dragons over here. Yeah, I have no clue. I I've, I've been having trouble keeping up with the Infinity Stone thing since they introduced it in the first place, and I've been yeah, watching you know, one well, of these I'm, a week. <laughs> well, and then they came in. Yeah, I know, right? I, like, we've been watching them every single week, and it's like, I'm still lost. Um, <laughs> Who's what? And this what? isn't even that complicated. Is the Collector alive? Who's alive? The Collector? How are the ducks alive? The Collector could be alive. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, sure. we're assuming he doesn't have the whatever it is anymore. What the Whatever the purple one was. The Mind Stone? No, not the Mind Stone. That's the yellow one. Oh, the, the Power Stone is on The uh, Novacore uh, have it, don't they? Novacore have it, yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah. have it on Xandar. Which is why I'm wondering, like, why doesn't Thanos, Thanos, Thanos get it? It could be the first scene of Infinity War, is him just... Hopefully he's not Beetlejuice a, I, and you just have to say his name three times. <laughs> if I said, if I no, said Thanos sucked, three dude. times and Josh Brolin showed up in my apartment i wouldn't i don't know how i'd feel about that yeah i was like where are you going with this <laughs> hey uh can we talk about men in black three for a second <laughs> jonah hex uh when's the psych- uh, sequel coming out yeah can you just make no country for old men forever please thank you <laughs> yeah he dies in that movie so yeah well that's okay he can yeah. they can resurrect him they have the time stone. This, yeah. So it's, okay. We can also just... Baby Groot just fell off my desk. That's unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, no, she... Yeah. Uh, 
and and you can't say enough about Kate Blanchett's performance in this because uh, there really there wasn't in, for most of the movie she wasn't really a part of it. So this is this movie to me does what a lot of people don't think is like possible. Right? Like a lot of people will say even the best movies only have so many skill points to distribute and will fall short in some aspects. I feel like this movie had more skill points to distribute in the RPG version of making a film way. Like if you were creating a character on Madden, this movie's just plain better than the characters that are already programmed into the game. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Yeah. Not like I think of. you're saying that like the fact that it's a franchise, it's got so much, you know. The fact that, like, you know so much about these characters, you have so much room to do more things and to try and be a lot of different things because you don't have to set up everything. It doesn't have to be an origin story. It can just sort of be, like, this space movie. Then it's this fantasy movie. Then it's this comedy all at the same time. It's a zombie movie. Right. I mean, this movie is a quarterback that can punt, you know, mm. and plays a great strong safety. You, are these football references lost? Well, at the same time, it's not a it's not a heavy dramatic film. It's got a couple of scenes where Thor gets a little sparky, sparky, boom, man. But they, they're not like they, I don't know. They're used like just a light touch, little just a little zap of uh, drama. What did you think of Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Man? You know, they they killed him off too early, but I'm glad that they brought him back in uh, Legend of Korra through uh, Plea because I, I just think that was a great character. Great, great death sequence for sure. Spoilers for Legend of Korra season three. <laughs> Who is Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Man? I was under the impression that Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Man was Thor when he's got the glowy oh, eyes. Oh, no, no. Sparky, Sparky, uh-huh. Boom, Man is a character from the acclaimed television children's animated series Avatar The Last Airbender. He was introduced, yeah, in, yeah, introduced in season three, uh, hired by Zuko to assassinate the Avatar, murdered by Sokka's boomerang. Is that actually his name? Yeah, they, they don't know what to call him when they run into him for the first time. And they're like, what do we call him? And then Sokka casually, sarcastically says, Sparky, Sparky, Boom Man, or something like that. Wow, I mm. have no idea. Brilliant brilliant writing. I understand why so many people love that show so oh, much. Oh, it's, it's a treasure. <laughs> but in this movie, Sparky Sparky Boom Man is like, I yeah. The when, whole thing for a yeah. While there. Do you sell it? Why would you do that? No, I, I have this problem where about every decade, maybe not even decade, but every seven years, iTunes just likes to tell me that everything I've ever purchased is uh, no longer part of their database. Mm. Yeah, every decade might be a strong word for you library. using iTunens. Yeah, it's how many decades have you? Yeah. This Fun happened fact, to me. Tyler had yeah. iTunes back <laughs> in the eighties. This sort of thing happened to me, but with Scrubs DVDs, because I used to have all those seasons. Not Did anymore. Did you just let them out and they never came back to you? I don't know. Elves stealing them. I I don't know what happened. I've got like disc two of season three. (laughs) If you're ready to party. (laughs) (laughs) What what episode? You don't know how ready to party I am. (laughs) It's a real party trick. I'll tell you that. The the middle of season three for the ladies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like, well, I was really looking forward to season four, disc three, John. Oh, man. (laughs) What is on disc two? Season three? I don't even know what was going on. Oh, yeah. Elliot gets like this really rad haircut or something. I don't That's like the end of season one, I thought. That happens uh, several times. No, it's it's my my American Girls episode one of season three. Elliot cuts her hair and she takes on a new personality because she was a pushover in season two. So by the time you get to disc two, she's in a relationship with Sean. So she had a retcon. Yes. Kind of, well, she had a makeover. I, I don't She didn't change everything about herself. She's still sleeping with JD once a season. Ew. That's the show. That's the show. Yeah. They were like, hey, Ross and Rachel can do it. Is retcon short for something? Uh, probably. It's like a ret... It's short for continuity. I think you're returning continuity. There's something... It's a good question. I, yeah. I had never knew... Never noon. Never noon. I never knew there was a <laughs> word for that concept. I never knew that. I never knew that before. <laughs> 
But I also definitely, I don't know if I could have used it in a sentence, but I did know the word retcon. Like, that wasn't like yeah. a, That just sounds like something like, out of Fallout to me. Spider-Man's done it a lot, um, those comics. One of the most famous retcons was when Superboy literally punched a hole in the universe and it just literally changed everything in DC Comics. They just, that's my problem with comic books. They're weird. It's like, they just, whatever. <laughs> Another retcon is, famously a retcon in cinematic storytelling is uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. That would count as a same kind of idea. Because they literally were just like, okay, our timelines make no sense. So we're just going to create this plot heavy reason for like everything to just be reset. Man, I saw X-Men Days of Future Past while I was like taking my probably most intensive like film studies course in college and i remember like going into it being like this movie's probably gonna suck because i was all about like Mm. wicked great art films at the time and it just did not disappoint it was super good i really liked it apocalypse Uh, i didn't see that one Mm. i decided you know what this one was good i'm just gonna leave it here and we're just gonna (laughs) let's not take a risk at fate (laughs) right that sounds like it could be bad although i did see thor ragnarok many many years later but i don't know if it was many years it feels like many years i don't know yeah it came out 2014 so three years was this a future past really three years and some change yeah may 2014 feels like a lot more recently than that no Oh, wait, wait, wait. Nope. That's Days of Future Past. Apocalypse came out. Yeah. You're right. Okay. That's 2016. I was about to say. Yeah. 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 Days of Future Past was May of 2014 because that was May Master Ethan. That was when I was taking yeah. uh, Philosophy 3, 4, Oh, yeah. 18, your philosophy and film philosophy. class. Yeah. Oh, we watched Matrix in that class. We watched, uh, we did not watch Matrix. We watched Melancholia, Blue Valentine. Oh, much better movies. So I take it you're right. not in the <laughs> group of people that rates movies on IMDb that has decided Matrix is a top 20 movie of all time. Oh, absolutely. I, I really like The Matrix. I, it's a great film. It was very formative for me. And I don't, but Blue Valentine and Melancholia are just, oh, those are just, they're, they're much better philosophy films. I'll put it that way. We watched, uh, what's, what's, is it The Cube? What's the one the where fountain. it's a, no, well, we did watch The Fountain. We watched a minimalist horror movie where they, uh, they go from like cube to cube trying to escape. Cube to cube. Mm, no idea. And there's like a different booby trap in all of them. Oh, it's, it's like Saw? Film. Like, yeah. I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. It's like Saw, but it's not Saw. It was before Saw. It was, it's really campy. Um, I remember Are you talking about Cow in the Woods? Remember, Oh, nope, what a movie. Nope. It is like... Oh, I know, right? It's like a sci-fi thriller. Oh. You know what's not better than? Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is awesome. It is Cube. It's called Cube. All right, listeners, I've go check out it. Cube and tell us what you think. You know what I think about Thor Ragnarok? What do you think about it? Idris Elba as Heimdall. Who'd have thought? Uh, here was my thing about Heimdall is... If you're going to kill everybody else, you can kill Heimdall too. What? But nah. It's Idris Elba in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You nah, gotta, he's You cool. gotta have the... Yeah, you gotta have like the the... Like wise you know character on the refugee ship he's the man in the chair oh yeah like he's he he's everything. thor's man in the chair so you can he's see gonna everything. team up with ned <laughs> in a future thor spider-man movie i could totally see that i would love a thor spider-man movie hmm. those characters would play so well off each other because they haven't met yet he wasn't no. at a civil yeah, war yeah he was yeah. not a civil war whose side do you think thor would have been on thor said he called iron man in uh the he called both of them or emailed both of them mm. Uh, trying to make his own team. Are you talking about Team Thor? Team Thor. Team Thor's yeah, not Thor canon. Avengers? The, team Thor is only sort of required to not be canon based on what happened afterwards. But he does mention Team Thor in uh, Ragnarok. The Revengers. He talks... No, not the Revengers. He talks about uh, when he's talking to Doctor Strange. Oh. He says that uh, I sent them an email. Or he says he send could me have an sent email. an email. Like, it's an electronic message. Oh, that's message. another... Yeah. Why, yeah, that's you a, have a computer? No, of course not. What for? <laughs> that's a great I, laugh out I of. find it so interesting that the minimal changes they made to that scene for this movie I just think 
Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange is underrated as one of the greatest heroes because he was undercut by a film that could have been so much better. Yeah. But I that think he's so well cast. But I like just, Doctor Strange. It's so but, strange yeah. that they, they reincorporated the post credit scene from Doctor Strange into this movie and just made very small dialogue changes and redid the animation for the beer filling. So I haven't even seen that entire scene since like i saw dr strange so i don't remember what's different well i watched it like two weeks ago and uh the beer fills f- just from the bottom like straight up without swirling in the original movie in the original scene and and the lines are just like a little bit different but isn't the idea that like it's thor's perspective in thor so like it's happening quickly for him because he doesn't control time no it's not the whole scene it's just the one scene where they're sitting there in the chair where he's filling the beer up for yeah it's the post credit scene and so it it starts with the like so all involved parties would come back to or go back to asgard and he talks about all that and it doesn't go with the rest of the scene Mm -hmm. where um you know with all the the flipping around space so what we're saying is thor would not have picked a team he would have had his own team with Hulk and I Tessa think, Thompson. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a great question. Because I know Banner would be sympathetic. Banner is a tougher one because he's sympathetic to Tony and Black Widow. So, But he's also the kind of person who wants to be off the grid. Hawkeye fought Black Widow. You're right. Sort of. Mm. She changed sides pull- too. She pulled the Spider-Man. I think, I think Loki would have been Team Iron Man because I think Loki would have been like, yes, putting them in check is a great idea, <laughs> right? Because he knew he could <laughs> get himself out. Brilliant. Right, so I think he would have been Team Iron Man. So I think Thor would. I still don't know that he wouldn't side with Loki. I don't. I, love that I don't think Loki Thor sees would Hulk have been in this. Team send me to jail. Oh well, that wouldn't have happened. Also, I I love when Loki sees Hulk in this movie, and, it, and you see the flashback in his eyes of like when he was getting pounded. That came out wrong. <laughs> Puny God. Puny God. Oh, man. Oh, and just the scene where he stands up and screams, that's what that feels like. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think what they did there was they were like, let's take the funniest moment in Hulk history. Oh, look, it already has to do with Loki and Thor. Let's just copy it. Loved it. Loved the whole thing. That whole gladiator scene was was clutch. Was awesome. I loved loved all the interactions between Thor and, and... Teen Hulk and Banner and, and equally good. And I thought Banner, Banner for was... sure, but I, the Banner, the Banner, I expected because he's like a proper human being. But I love the way Thor was, and to some extent, also Valkyrie were able to connect with Hulk like he was a real person. Yeah, and the way that Hulk like just wanted a friend. Right, like he, he just wants to Thor be treated like adorable. a person. Yeah. But then when one of my favorite, funniest moments in the film is when he's like, you don't even have to think about Hulk, and Banner like walks out and literally someone blows the green powder into his face. Yeah. That's all it takes for me to laugh. Oh yeah, it's just a great, and then there's just Hulk you know, beating you over everywhere. the head with irony moment. Ironic. Maybe not irony. I don't know if that's the right word. It's some sort of irony. It's, I, I it's Iron Man. Iron Man. God, they... They tried to put Iron Man in this movie. <laughs> I'm still trying to come down on where where I think Thor would have fought. Uh, Do you think he would have just stayed out of it? I don't know. I feel like I said. He I feel like he would be it. Team Cap, honestly, because he's shown very much throughout the movies that he doesn't like being locked up or tied down. But I mean, he's also somebody who like is subservient to his dad, so he's kind of. I think he responds to authority. Uh, yeah, I don't think he gives a crap about the Midgard authority. But that's the thing is like I don't he think probably... he would have been too hot on Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, I, I, you you have, you make a very valid point. There is sure. that scene in Thor where he's like really against shields, trying to get his hammer. Well, nobody can get his hammer except Hello, apparently. Vision. And he doesn't even need it. Vision can't. Yeah, it was just a way to can channel Thor, his power. Obviously. Can Thor grab an Infinity Stone? Hmm, probably. But for how long? Well, Peter Quill was a celestial, and he about exploded when he grabbed. But he's only half celestial, remember? And in Volume Two, our favorite movie, he was. Uh, it was revealed that even Ego needed him 
needed his help to have his full power. So right, but Thor is not of the Midgard yeah, realm. That's true. It's, yeah, it's, he's, it's, he's it's not. Murky. He's not half Terran either. Here's the th- here's my problem. Okay, let me just I. I, I briefly heard that you liked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 because it had stakes and because it changed things. Is, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Okay. No, it didn't. Because now <laughs> all it did was set us up so that in the future they can just be like, oh, Peter Quill is still a celestial and his dad dying uh, didn't take those powers away from him. No, his power, uh, no, powers are gone. He's not a celestial anymore. Nope. Uh, I think, but... yeah, I think I'm with John. I think they'll stick with that. Yeah, I don't I don't see I why do they would, you know, why. It'll come in handy one time that he needs to use his heart and he doesn't have, you know, what's necessary to, to destroy everybody or needs to... Nah, I mean, they went through the whole first it... Guardians without really needing him to be a Celestial until the very end, so I'm pretty sure his character's so Grabbed an infinity stone. They can also just yeah. make the point that Peter's heart is strong enough, as they clearly did yeah. at the end of Guardians 2, and they're like, he can out-heart Ego. With his Zune at his side. With his Zune. Oh, God. All those Avril Lavigne songs on there. Oh, I can't! I can't wait <laughs> Is for that, that part on your Zoom. <laughs> yeah, of like Peter Quill meets the mid two thousands. Volume three starts oh with gosh. girlfriend, and then goes into complicated. I agreed with you guys when you said that the soundtrack for Volume two. I, I'm a bigger fan of Volume two soundtrack over the I, first. I one. am too. I think that was you, Ethan. Who it liked was. It, yeah. it was me. Uh, well, I, yeah, I'll, I'll put my two cents in on that. What I said was, I think as somebody who didn't really know the music from either of them, watching them, I thought it fit better in volume one. But just listening to the albums, I do like the songs from two. There's better. no I mean, cherry got, bomb in Lakeshore, volume two. Yeah, that's not a great song. Lakeshore Drive, oh, My Sweet Lord. The use of Cat Stevens. <laughs> I think the thing that bugged me in volume two about his music was that, like, in the first one, you get the idea that that cassette is the only copy of it, right? Mm-hmm. And But then in the second one, his music's just everywhere. Everybody's got copies of it. They're like, hey, Yondu's shipmates, do you have any uh, of those Peter Quill songs anymore? You got those bad boys lying around? And they do. The only issue I have with Austin Mix Volume 1 and 2 is that Ain't No Man High Enough by Marvin Gaye should have been on Volume 2, not Volume 1. Why do you because say that? he put the tape in and started playing it, but it's on volume one instead of volume two. When he gets I, the second okay. tape. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Oh, I see. Separate 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 from the movies. Right. Because exactly. they don't even play in the same order. And also, Ain't a Mountain High Enough wouldn't have really worked with volume two, because volume two is like I said before, I mean it's the deeper cuts, you know. Some of the songs that you kinda know what they are, but they're not quite. For as sure, but it's just it's a it's a stickler, like cinema sense type continuity thing that bugged me a little bit. Mm. And I'm being very pedantic it's, about it in and I can't believe I didn't mention this when we did Guardians. But I just kind of thought about it right now. Is like he puts the tape in very clearly into the first movie, and it starts playing "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." But it wouldn't have made sense on the God, album. Cinema. Where on the cassette player did this movie touch you? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I need a second. Well, while he's taking that second, John, what do you think of Cinema Sins? Because on one hand, I hate them because they, too many people are like, you know what? These people have just ruined all these movies and now I hate these movies. But then on the other end, I'm like, well, these are really entertaining videos. Where do you fall on this spectrum? Tyler, I'm so glad you you asked me that question. On the one hand, I, I really, really hate Cinema Sins. And that's it. I, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> That's actually both yeah. hands. So. I, I remember... Uh, what was his name? The guy who directed Kong Skull Island, he summed it up so great. I just think what they do isn't valid. It's just, and I think all the excuses to be like, it's just a joke. It's like such a cop out. It's like, well, then make good jokes. Right. There, there's a goof section on 
IMDb trivia for that reason. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it, it's not useful. It's, if people find it entertaining, power to them. I just, I hate that it like, it makes people, turns people into like knee-jerk armchair fake critics who like judge a movie's quality by things that just absolutely have nothing to do with what makes a film good. And especially because a lot of the time, Cinema Sins is completely inaccurate. Um, I did a snarcasm once. For those of you who don't know, I do a column once in a while called Snarcasm where I just, I take things that people write on the internet or make videos of, and I just, I go to town. Um, and I did it with, with Cinnamon Sins video once for The Good Dinosaur. And that was an experience. I'm really hoping we never end up on this column now. Mm. No, I would love I that. Think, Their take on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was... <laughs> I think I snarcasm something John and Ben made once, maybe? Actually, no, I didn't, because it was actually pretty solid. So, yeah, you're good. But you, just you wait. I'm going to get the transcript for that Guardians too. But no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. CinemaSins, I, I... And and you can make the same argument about almost anything that any of these things that is a kind of medium that tells you how to feel about a movie is that people make the same argument about Rotten Tomatoes, about Ebert and, and Roper and Ebert and whoever his new... Or Roper and... Uh, which one's still alive? Ebert's, Ebert's dead. dead. Yeah, so Ebert's Roper dead and Siskel. Siskel, yeah. And... Um, Siskel's dead. Are you talking about Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's good. Yeah, yeah. So He had a bit of a social media scandal, actually, recently. Yeah, a lot of fake Twitter followers. For sure. But it's any of those things, people have made this argument about any critics that are kind of telling you how to feel about a movie and that like takes you out of something and you should really just develop your own opinion on the movie. But I think Cinema Sins out of that is is the worst of them because just there's no positive conversation that happens from it. Yeah, it, it's just, it, it, it sums up like all of the th- bad ways to review a movie like I, I because I write reviews so much and I read so many reviews and because I do podcasts all the time there I have certain like trigger words like when somebody says and and some of it's like dumb but sometimes when somebody is just like I had a lot of fun with this movie it's like nails on a chalkboard or like the performances were great he's great in this movie or when people personify a movie like the movie's trying to do and I'm like Stuff like that really gets on my nerves, and it's it it, it what CinemaSins does is it takes that terminology, and it like it applies it in the lowest common denominator kind of way, and that's what makes me hate them. Not them personally, although I read Jeremy's. I mean, CinemaSins is like the. I was gonna say I read Jeremy's book, and it's terrible. <laughs> that's not where I thought that sentence was going. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate them personally. I. I just don't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I mean, we can. I could go on for hours about how much I dislike CinemaSins and the conversation that it brings about movies. But it that we're just making things worse at that point. I'll tell you what. I have found. I have found it very easy to not care about CinemaSins. Like I don't see their videos, and I don't really know anyone who watches them. So I'm good. Like I don't think about them anymore. I promise. It's like a bad breakup or something. Did you used to work for them? Is that what it is? <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do know one of them. Do you, you guys know Bobby Burns, right? Like like know him? I know. Okay. He, Certainly. He's like affiliated with Cinema Sins in some way. Anyway, this is Thor Ragnarok. Great yeah, let's, film. Let's start getting you know? some final thoughts. Okay. What are you Ethan, what are your final thoughts? Uh somebody else go first. John. Yeah. Um what do you what it, what are your takeaways? Yeah, my takeaways. It, it's my number two Marvel film because I, I think what get, tends to get overlooked with this one is the writing is just so complete. It it from beginning to end, everything in this movie has like basically a purpose. There are a couple of things that do hang out. Like uh, the scourge isn't quite as like neatly tied up, but like it, I I really think the movie's rewatchability lies in how strong the script is, and that it's just so like it's 
it's strangely a standalone Marvel film. Like you don't really have to watch the other Thor movies and you do you do kind of have to be involved in this like universe to get it. But like I think like what you were saying before Tyler, the way that like it uses all those skill points for good goes a long way and uh, I, I think if you view the movie as like a standalone yeah it's not the best standalone Marvel film that's gonna be like Iron Man but like if, if you're looking at this movie purely from d- it doing the best job that it can and everything that it really goes for which is the comedy which is the visual effects which is the uh, just the basic like the likability of the characters I mean you're taking a character like Thor, who is barely likable in Thor The Dark World. He kind of hangs out in the Avengers films. He doesn't really have a big role in those movies. This is the movie that defined him and made him a breakout character. And that's just like, man, I, I'm so happy with it. I'm so happy that this movie was as good as it was. It, it even took Hulk, a character that I never really thought was going to get his due in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It, definitely not get a, another movie you, let alone Planet Hulk. And it, uh, it it deepened everything. It deepened Hulk and Thor and even Loki to an extent. And uh, yeah, it's 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 wonderful. It's a wonderful little movie. It definitely breathed new life into two characters that desperately needed it. And that is yeah. obviously Thor and Hulk because they were by far the redheaded stepchildren of the MCU so far. It's especially since we've been introduced to all these new characters, uh, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, uh, Black Panther, so many characters that are just immediately likable that and and they weren't even in these guys weren't even in civil war to give themselves any kind of redemption there so it was just kind of out of left field for me honestly i wasn't expecting to love this movie anywhere near as much as i did or really even at all i was because i had I'd, I'd heard nothing but bad things about dark world and i because i hadn't seen it when i watched this movie and so i wasn't particularly excited i didn't really watch any of the trailers and then just from the from the get-go from the first two minutes i was into it and it just never stopped well <coughs> well and to even build on that you know we were talking about it right at the beginning john you were talking about oh, i can't believe that a thor movie got the same rotten tomatoes scores as a spider-man movie in the same year i mean that's unbelievable considering that you know spider-man's had a it's its share of flops but also its share of successes more successes than flops really and the fact that thor has had two you know the thor one was definitely the weakest well maybe not the weakest if you include the incredible hulk but the weakest of the the flagship characters who got sequels and then thor the dark world was couldn't even compete with iron man 2 and definitely not with the winter soldier uh and then we come here and you get what is arguably one of the arguably the best film in the cinema and the whole mcu uh, which is definitely better than it's it's uh part three rivals. yeah by far the best movie so far in phase three hmm. yeah i buy that it's funny because i ended the year really thinking spider-man homecoming was my favorite superhero movie of 2017 and uh, after seeing a second time no it's thor thor ragnarok all the way well, and even still, like, Thor Ragnarok is hilarious, and so is Spider-Man Homecoming, but I feel like the stakes of Thor Ragnarok are going to do more for the MCU than, than you know, Peter Parker fighting Vulture. And I think it's, you know, that's a, it's a great story, and it's a it's a fun story, and it's it's important to tell. And his relationship with Tony, I guess, is really where the, you know, the, the, the bulk of the matter from that film is going to carry on. But I don't know, I feel like Thor Ragnarok did a whole lot for the whole superhero genre that uh, is just going to, you know, it started with Iron Man defining what a good formulaic superhero movie can be and then that went on for a while and it kind of got stale and then guardians came out and was like this is you can make these funny and fun but also action-packed and high stakes and then that went on for a while and i feel like this movie really perfected the guardians formula and uh and it i mean it took the the superhero formula you know the iron man formula and, and improved upon it and i think that this is quintessentially the best one we've gotten so far but i i also say that 
under the belief that Black Panther could be way better. Yeah, I, I, I'll say Thor Ragnarok is just more clever than I think a lot of the other MCU films, especially especially Spider-Man if we're comparing them. But like I think that movie and Guardians, the reason they're at the top of my list is because of the writing and the story. So for both of those are just so good that I don't... I, I just... I think the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films are kind of just a little bit below that or more. Yeah. But Black Panther, uh, shoot, I'll let you know on Tuesday. And I mean, you just can't underestimate the impact that Guardians has had on the whole series post-Guardians. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that movie was a smash hit. And out of nowhere in August. It's done so much good for the series, for the writing, for the whole outlook, because it was very bleak before that. And we've talked about this numerous times. Yeah, I mean, Marvel was going through the... I mean, to be fair, the, the first Avengers was very quippy. You know, that's the that's the one no, Cal- Galaga. You got to remember, yeah. but you got to remember after Avengers was like what three just emo films. That's like true. Yeah, the Dark yeah, World and then Winter Soldier. PTSD, Thor: The Dark World, and and Winter Soldier was good. Iron Man three oh, had a little bit still... more life because it was Shane Black and he was having fun with it. But yeah, it was a little bit darker. Sure. Oh, for sure, it, it was PTSD. Yeah, it was, yeah. and it was just. But if we if we continue down that shame spiral of just these these increasingly more heavy and depressing movies without any kind of real comedic get-go to it it would have been a whole different place well yeah i think i think what guardians does so well is it tells marvel and it tells the world in order to make an excellent superhero movie you don't have to make the dark knight Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be ultra high stakes and serious it can be that good and be fun and funny and a comic well and it's like you can after after guardians of galaxy you can let ant-man be funny you can let he can be silly he can be the humorous character that he is you can let stephen strange be kind of a and get away with it. You can you can allow Spider Man to just be Spider Man. Right. The your superheroes don't have to be altruistic. They can be human. It makes me wonder what Black Panther is going to be. Is it going to be funny? I mean, or is it going to be a bit no. more of its own thing? Do you think Black Panther is going to be their their most recent attempt at uh, the Dark Knight? I, I honestly, I honestly can't, tell I can't tell from the trailer. Like, it, yeah. they, they're not letting really anything go. It just kind of looks really good. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, like. The way that the music, the visuals, and the dialogue all swell together, it just feels like a movie that is just perfectly timed from what we've seen. Well, and they've got and just I don't know such what that a is. solid performance from, uh, oh, what is his name? Uh, Chadwick Boseman or yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael the, B. Jordan? No, no, God, no. no I'm, I'm scared for Michael B. Jordan. I really oh. am. I'm not a I'm not a Michael B. Jordan fan. You didn't like Creed or Fruitvale Station? I I've not gotten to see Fruitvale Station. I heard it was very good. Uh, it is. It, it is. I wasn't all that impressed with Creed, honestly. Wow, I, I okay. liked it, but it just wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't really. I don't know if necessarily know if he added anything to the movie that couldn't have been given by somebody else. <gasps> I don't think he was the best player for the part. You made me literally gasp. We'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Uh, and I mean, let us not forget uh, Fantastic Four, the last time he appeared in a Marvel movie, which. Yeah, and which, you know, Fox, and I don't know, he's far from the worst thing in Fantastic Four. No, for sure, but... He's the, the only movie I've seen him in that where he was one of the weakest aspects was probably that awkward moment. That's all I can think of. I have not seen that movie. And that's a movie where he's seen... in with like Zac Efron and Miles Teller. And he's, yeah. I do mm. love Miles Teller. Yeah, I do love me some Miles Teller. Ah, oh, man. And Zach Efron, for that matter. I feel like you don't like Miles Teller. I don't dislike him. I, I actually was a fan. I liked uh, Only the Brave a lot. We're talking about our man, Josh Brolin, again. Eh, fair enough. I just loved Whiplash. Oh, yeah. I mean, Whiplash was my favorite movie of 2014. But sometimes he's in movies that uh, I just don't understand. Like, why him? Uh, he's honestly, like, to me, he's like the new Josh Hutcherson. Oof, that's a pretty mean thing to say to anybody. <laughs> right, but he was. there was this period of time where he was kind of <laughs> in everything. Uh... 
kind of, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Miles Teller has way more cinematic clout than Hutcherson, though. Because, like, Hutcherson was always, like, a supporting character. I can't think of a lot of movies where he was a leading man, whereas Miles Teller is, like, I mean, post-Divergent and uh, post-Whiplash, they, they really stick him into stuff. Oh, for sure. Like, he's usually the leading. For sure. I don't know what a good example... I don't know what a good parallel I for him. I him in the Divergent movies. I loved those. <laughs> I haven't read the books. I have not read the books. I'm don't pain. Don't crucify me yet, because I have not read the books. The first Divergent is passable, but my gosh, those other movies are so bad. Oh, yeah. No, they're not good. I just enjoyed them. Oh, okay. No, I'm not like, I'm not defending them. I just, they were fun. I just, I enjoyed watching them. I I, I almost said I had fun with them, but then I remembered that's your thing. Yeah, Uh, watch out. But no, they're just, they're, they're just a good, a good romp through some, I love post-apocalyptic kind of uh, stuff like that a lot. So yeah, I like Maze Runner. Like, that's fine. I've not seen any of the Maze Runner movies. Are they worth it? Yeah, sure. I guess I, the first one is they're, they're not bad. It's just like they're they're time. The time to appreciate them is long past. So like maybe in a weird time capsule way, like let's go back to 2012 when Hunger Games was like the thing, which is weird because Maze Runner came out in like 2014. I don't. So. I, don't I can't. Uh, it's not a good conversation place for me. Really? Yeah. Mm. We can have that conversation later on if you're interested in my thoughts on the Hunger Games. <laughs> and you can tell me how wrong I am, sure. but I'm standing by it. Okay. You know what? I'm withholding all judgment because I don't really know. I don't really know how I feel about Hunger Games sometimes. I Yeah, I go back and forth on that as well because no. I really liked the first book, but I really liked the last movies. The only movie that I thought was legitimately really good was the second one. Thank you. I thought the first one wasn't very good I, I i thought it was kind of boring and the third one and fourth one i thought were very very weak but the second movie i was really, really oh, I okay with. i 100 percent agree because i the, the second book to me was reprehensible wow i never read the books i i actually that's false i i read mockingjay because i i really that's how much i love the second movie i was like i can't wait so the the second book was literally just a retelling of the first book hmm. the they all should the have movie been had that. To, that uh, no, the, the movie had to stretch a lot to make the it... The games was the fun part. The movie part. had to stretch a lot to make it better, and not just a straight-up rip-off, but... What are you doing, Suzanne Collins? What are you doing? Uh, not using very good grammar. I don't, I don't think she was planning for any of no. that. I think she was like, oh, I'm just gonna write some books, sell some copies, do stuff like that, maybe a book tour here, a book tour there, boom! It's no killer joy. I planned all that crap. How many out. how many words is Killer Joy? One hundred and thirty one thousand. I was about to say. I feel like it's one of those that just has an astounding number of words. Yeah, I have it in my hands right here. It's a thicken. Is it four hundred and sixty eight pages? There you go. I'm gonna lie to you, John. If there's not an audiobook of that, it's gonna be hard to get me to sit down. With I that don't one. expect you to. I'm actually very interested. Like I'm probably to. gonna pick up a copy uh, here I've shortly. Been, I've been practicing because I've been. I, so the plan is that I'm gonna do the narration. And doing narration for an audible book is really, really challenging. Like, it's a lot harder than you'd think. Oh, no, I can definitely imagine exactly how hard... Well, not exactly, but I I, I can imagine how hard it is. The hardest thing about it is I remembering the voices that you're doing for each individual character is so hard. I believe I believe that this will be more of a challenge for you than when, when people would say things like, you know, marching band is super duper hard. It's like a <laughs> super involved activity. I never did marching and band. And as somebody who did, somebody who did marching band. Uh, no, it's not. At the end of the day, you are walking around football field <laughs> here on this high school. Mm. 
football. But I mean, even when professional narrator Roy Detrice, who read all the Game of Thrones books, is talking about how ungodly difficult it is. Oh, I can't. Oh, oh yeah, no, I definitely believe yeah. this. Is because, like, what he does, I've listened to those audibles. The The way that he does Game of Thrones, I mean, that guy does it's, the, he's perfect. It's the perfect incredible. voice. I don't understand how, he has to have color-coded notes, because that's the only way that you're able to balance all of those different characters, and, like, I think he color codes them by, like, type of voice affect, and he just fits people into those categories, and that's how he does it. He was also but like seventy-five when he read the first one. Oh my gosh, he's got he's he's got some pipes for oh his age. Oh my god, it, it's just it's a work of art. I'll tell you what, though, when you get into a groove, like it's really hard to do. But there are times when I'm doing it, and like I I lose myself in it, and like I just flies. So it's not all it's not all difficult, I guess. So are you it, like it actively depends. recording the Killerjoy audiobook, or is it it just? A, a kind of trial thing right now. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Okay. Seriously. F- fair enough. Fair enough. I, yeah. I'm pretty slammed with trying to get this cover design up and like, yeah, it's something. Fair enough. Well, we got a little yeah. sidetracked there at the end, but let's, let's do a little wrap up real quick. Uh, cool. So we've, we, uh, we've, we've, we've done our final thoughts. Uh, I guess what's next before rankings is a breakfast food. John, I'm sure you came prepared. Uh, what, what breakfast food do you give to, uh, to Thor Ragnarok? Okay. Um, I eat the same thing for breakfast every day, uh, but... I mean, you're familiar with other breakfasts. I am familiar with other breakfasts. I'm going to give Thor Ragnarok the breakfast that I... The best breakfast I had while I was in Toronto, which was a raspberry crepe with Old English cream because of Thor's accent. And because you know why? It was sweet in the middle. It was tangy. It had me laughing a little bit, you know, like raspberries do. And it just made me feel really good and warm inside. And that's what Thor Ragnarok did for me. Also, it was very colorful, like a raspberry crepe. I, I appreciate that review. It also reminds me that I need to write my own solo acoustic guitar album titled The Best Breakfast I Had in Toronto. <laughs> that definitely sounds like a song by the Mountain Goats. Yeah. You're going right. to plagiarize your own Instagram handle. Right. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to actually... That's I'm just going to let actually, that stick. I'll yeah, give you that I'm, one, yeah. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, mostly for the line that it made me laugh, you know, like raspberries do. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, Ethan, we're gonna uh, now we've got to do our ranking. Whenever John puts it as number two behind Guardians of the Galaxy, of course we don't have that same luxury with Guardians of the Galaxy at number one. Uh, I think really the question usually we start from the bottom, but we know that this is going to be a top five film, so we'll just start at the top. Ethan, is it better than Iron Man? Yes, it's better yeah, than Iron Man. It is. Yeah. So that finishes that uh, new leader on the leaderboard. I didn't know that we'd ever see this day because when we started this Iron Man or this movie had not come out. I mean, to the wire uh, too, right? Like you're on number yeah. seventeen. <laughs> yeah, we may, uh, we've probably yeah, placed Iron Man. Iron Man too high. I'll be willing to admit that. Yeah, but it is like when you're going along and you put them toe to toe, it's tough to say. I yeah, I enjoyed this better than Iron Man. I thought you know you know, but that's where we. How stand. do you compare? Uh, I mean, do you remember seeing Iron Man in the theater? I mean, that was such a cool experience, and like it was so di- new in, in a year where we also got Dark Knight, and it still felt so like exciting. I don't know. Yeah, they just felt like such a different thing. Like they weren't comparable in any way whatsoever. Like short of the fact that they are both yeah, about no. superheroes, the similarities kind of end there mm. because one is like a not stereotypical, but it is the, what we've come to know as the new standard for a superhero movie and the other is just a completely noir different kind of take on what a superhero movie could be so they weren't i don't i don't think they were personally Correct. but it was uh, it was a great year for superhero movies let's just say that yeah, 2008 was quite yeah. the year yeah i got my learner's permit that that year no i didn't nope i turned 15 at the end of that year i pulled it uh, no i got my learner's permit i got turned yeah, 16 i was gonna say that was my first year of college <laughs> i had too much fun oh so you're not 
older than us. What? Yes. I mean, you are, but like by like two years. Yeah. How how much older do you think I was? More than two years. That is more than two years, Tyler. (laughs) We started college in 2011. Three, whatever. So three years. Three years. Well, no, because I I, I started college when I was 16 or 17. No, 17. Yeah. What year were you born? 90. 90. So two years for me. Three years for you. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like I remember finding the Pixar theory when I was very young. How, How old were you when you wrote that? 22. Okay, that makes So you were sense. 19. Because yeah. I was in college. Yeah, 19. I was, yeah. I was like fresh out of... It was like a year after I got out of college. So there you go. How would you say the Pixar theory has changed your life? Uh, not at all. Barely an impact. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Are you the... Thanks to the Pixar theory, I'm on the Bacon and Eggs podcast. I'll start with that. Yeah, thank, yeah. thanks that. <sighs> Finally can cross that off the list. <laughs> Um, yeah, just really checking all those life goal boxes right here. <laughs> no. I hope that was two hours well spent. <laughs> <laughs> it's it wasn't for the Pixar theory. I wouldn't be in California because I literally the way I got my job was uh, my boss's boss's wife read one of my Pixar things, the one about Andy's mom, and uh, she showed it to him, and he was like, "Man, this guy can write," and they hired me, and it was like, "All right, on a San Francisco, I go." Hmm. If only I could write, I would feel compelled to follow in your footsteps. Alas. You have to listen to Audible books instead. I can write. Am I allowed to declare that? Is that just yeah. something you can do? Yeah. Or does somebody else writing? have to tell you first? No. Oh. Why would say it's not permission? I don't know. I mean, it's just I've always had trouble giving myself accolades. <laughs> what do, What do you write? Uh, I I'm, I'm hoping to have a book done by the end of the year of a a fiction novel. Okay. It's I'm, what kind of what kind of fiction? It depends on which one I decide to finish this year. Erotica. <laughs> yes, definitely erotica. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good luck. It's a really rewarding experience. It's it's been a lifelong goal of mine, and I, I'm I'm getting closer every day. Yeah. Well, you've got. Wait a minute. You, uh, hold on. Just so we're all on the same page, I can read. <laughs> <laughs> same page. Pun intended. That just that felt like such a Guardians of the Galaxy joke right there at the end. Yeah. Late reaction, Drax or something. <laughs> exactly. Right. Mantis, look out. Hmm. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. Like, <laughs> and you know what? I can draw too. <laughs> I can I can write as well. I actually uh, I I have quite the knack for writing um, cover letters and resumes. Mm. Believe it or not, I actually do believe that. Uh, which is a, I don't uh, a very marketable skill. Anyway, yeah, Tyler, um, Tyler, you know you know what we call you behind your back. Uh, what do, what do they say about me behind? You're my the back? you're the indie comedy. Of Super Carlin Brothers. Do you know that most? This is okay. I don't. As long as we're talking about bragging and giving ourselves accolades, yeah. I am. I am a funnier person than my siblings. I. I. I just am. I mean, I would tell it to the. I. I would tell it to their. Their face. I would. I'd be like, look, and Tyler's my fave. Always has been. <laughs> See, a lot of people say that to me because those are the people that find me and reach out to me. Like, in that's order why you're the indie comedy. You're the one that's like, oh, uh, I'm. I'm a fan of Tyler Carlin. You've probably never heard of him. Uh, Right, right, right. But people, you don't have to say that anymore. You can just tell people about <laughs> me. It, I'm not trying to be a best about kept secret. Once a quarter, somebody asks me how I'm related to the Carlin brothers. About once a quarter. Hmm. You are the fraternity yeah, brother I, of the youngest. Like, I have the very offshoot reaches of their you're the, fame you're the, that I'm you're the cousin all. You're the cousin Oliver right. to... Right, well, the thing is, the is like... In order for somebody to get to me, and I'm sure Ethan feels this tenfold, but in order for somebody to like follow me or direct message me on Instagram or whatever it is, they've already got to be like an ultra invested fan. And it's becoming less and less since we do this and also because Jonathan does the vlog that incorporates me a lot more often. But like before, in order for them to find out that there was like a third brother, they had to be invested. Well, they told, I didn't even know you existed 
until 2016 when I was talking to John and he mentioned that he, I was talking to John and Ben and they're like, we have a brother. And I was like, that's when I knew. I was like, he's probably way funner than you two. <laughs> you're trying to keep it a secret. I mean, I write their jokes. I find their articles. They don't pay me though. No. Well, I guess they do. They are a Patreon supporter, which by the way, you can be too, <laughs> dear listener. <laughs> Patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. But yeah, no, and I have been asked exactly five times if I'm the guy from that one video. I am the, guy from, the guy from that, from one, that video. one video. In year one. <laughs> Marching band 2008. No, I, I played a character called The From in a year one SCB video. Mm. He was dressed it's, as a Dalek in that he had a, uh, a whisk is, and a plunger. It is my only hand. acting credit to date. I was in a bad Star Wars <laughs> fan film. So, you were also oh. you you also have a music video. I, that's not an acting credit. That's a performance credit. I'd call that an acting credit. Is it the Bacon and Eggs music video? Uh, no, or? I'm in a band. No. Oh. Yeah, I have a I have a. They're gonna make it. I have a band. They're gonna that, make it, John. That, uh, plays occasionally. I have, actually have a show tomorrow. Uh, but we did well, release a music video. I'll be sure to. I'll be sure to download your album on my Zune. Please do. If you still have a Zune, I'd be impressed. I never had a Zune. I had a soul instead. I had an iPod. What? My parents loved me. Oh my <laughs> you had an iPod three years after I did. I don't want to hear it, Mr. Dell Pocket DJ. <laughs> I did have a Dell Pocket DJ. You had a DJ. Dell Pocket DJ until after you could the... drive, you son of a Here's the, here's the truth about my Dell Pocket DJ is that it had five gigs of storage in an era where an iPod had less than a gig of storage. That was incredible. That's amazing. That's so many gigs. You plugged your Dell Pocket DJ into the cassette player of your dad's Audi. I did. I don't want to yeah, hear it. Mm -hmm. You guys get a little Thor and Loki when it comes to music. Yeah. Ethan Ethan grew up around people who owned like every record and my parents just didn't listen to music. So it's very frustrating listening to the radio near Ethan where he just casually knows all the songs. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that Led Zeppelin guy sounds pretty good. I, yeah, I mm. did know Brandy by Looking Glass was by Looking Glass before this movie. <laughs> I called Ethan I called Ethan on a whim one day and was just like, Ethan, if her name is Brandy, why is she serving whiskey and wine? And Ethan was like, oh, you're talking about Brandy by Looking Glass? <laughs> He's basically Shazam. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, what? I How think this is a much that? more hurtful moment in Tyler's life than I understood he's like, first. And then he's like, would you like to add that to your Spotify and or Apple Music? <laughs> right. Oh, Spotify, uh, I guess. How did you do that? Yeah, I'm a Spotify yeah, guy. I... Look up lyrics. Yeah, I, right. Uh, what, what do they do now? Look closer or something? The, yeah, the incorporation with Genius or whatever. Anyway, we've we've yeah. derailed this. John, we're going to let you go. Oh, thank goodness. Yep. Finally. Yeah, you're Some good. Help. You're off the hook. <laughs> yeah, just give us a little sign uh, up. Yeah, Where John. can we find your stuff? My stuff? Uh, I'll give you my address. Actually, no, let's just stick to my podcast. Cinemaholics Podcast. <laughs> Cinemaholics is on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you podcasts are sold. We review movies every week. We just did a Sundance Festival 2018 breakdown with Alex Billington from First Showing. It was amazing. He talked about all these films coming out later this year that you're going to love. Um, but yeah, we pick we pick movies that we think you're going to... It's like a little... It's like a book club, but for movie buffs slash cinemaholics. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to their a episode lot of fun reviewing this very movie if you want to listen to it. And you can find it from there. Yeah. Black Panther, coming soon. Black Panther, next, next week for you listeners. Hmm. So wait, you're going to see it on Tuesday the... 12th 13th 13th yeah. Tuesday the 13th I can count to Tuesday yeah oh and you can find all my stuff podcasts the killer joy book the picks Arthur it's all on johnagroni.com there you go you got a website yeah that's that's a pretty yeah those are useful Alexa stop sorry I have this ongoing fight with the Alexa in my bedroom hmm
it, she likes to chime in, and by that I mean she just likes to go bloop at the least opportune times. Well, John, do you have anything else you'd like to share with the with the group? Jess said, I really love Thor Ragnarok. I really love talking about it. And if you listen to this whole thing and you've never seen Thor Ragnarok, you're you're incredible. Man. You're something else. Yeah, you, we definitely had like people do that. <laughs> we definitely had people do that because we got a lot of views on our episode about Thor the Dark World, which I know very few people saw. S- statistically speaking you're right yeah <laughs> there's no way that checks out yeah there are definitely people listening to this that just yeah. haven't seen the movies which like thank you but go watch the Thanks. movies yeah this isn't exactly like a really great history channel but for the marvel cinematic universe i mean no offense guys <laughs> no we're not trying to be we just like to <laughs> right yeah we're trying to be discovery channel right seriously this isn't american pickers like this is <laughs> this is definitely naked and afraid like <laughs> Well, we really appreciate you coming on. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, we'll we'll blast you on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and shout you out every which way we can. Back at you. I know that you have more followers than I do, but who's counting besides us? Besides, he counts every week on a spreadsheet more than anybody I know. Uh, well, no problem. We've got guys. spreadsheets here at Bacon and Eggs. Thanks for giving me the the chance. Hey, it to was, have breakfast with the champions. It's been a it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, we'll see you at a Waffle House in Oklahoma one day. Uh, okay, that was weird. Was, was Ethan supposed to Shazam <laughs> that? <laughs> I I don't know if they have Waffle House in Oklahoma. <laughs> they probably do. It's Waffle House. All right, so I can go. Yeah, like, you, you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Okay. <laughs> So that was our interview with John Negroni about Thor Ragnarok. I don't know if I'd call that an interview, but it was a lot of fun to pick his brain. And it's always fun to work with somebody in your field who is just bounds yeah, more experienced. I learned than a you lot are. tonight. That was I did. I did. It just you know, I guess the seniority like like film reviews are, are what you make them. But it's it's very cool to work with somebody who's who's done it for a while, and you can kind of appreciate what makes someone good versus uh, shouting at the void. Um, and that was. That was a good experience. That was a great experience. I learned what a retcon was. Yeah, he uses very, very profound language. Uh, retcon not being one of those examples. But if you ever listen to Cinemaholics, you'd just be blown away. Ethan and I speak in very third grade levels talk. Um, I think they they drop in an SAT word at least every 10 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Show, which is, uh, I mean, I could do that. I can just, you know, we could do that. We have the capability. Yeah, I mean, this show could definitely use a lot more photosynthesis. Yeah, I know? photosynthesize with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just so you guys are aware, Tyler can read. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we're we're Tyler Carlin and Ethan Edgehill. We review movies and we uh, do this thing where we talk to each other and we have this community. Thank you for being a part of it. If you'd like to be a more involved part of it, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and make any sort of donation you'd like. Uh, Thank you to our new donors, Super Carlin Brothers and Ryan King. Uh, We're super uh, grateful for your donation. Um... Additionally, you can find us on Twitter as a podcast at Bacon and Eggs 23. Uh, you can join our secret Facebook group that's for fans of the show. We have discussions about this, that, and the other. There's some dank memes here and there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter personally and Instagram. I'm at America, R L I N, that's America Carlin, on both Twitter and Instagram. Ethan is at Wow Now, but the O's are zeros. And that's not spelt out. It's literally W zero W N zero. I wonder if anybody's searched uh, Wow Now, but the O's are zeros. I don't know, but you one time tweeted it or michael owens tweeted it and it made me die laughing yeah yeah did it yeah uh 
next week we're talking Black yeah. Panther. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. In uh, like eleven, yeah, something like, like that. We'll see. It. Time's a weird thing. You know, it's one of those things that, like, in fourth grade when I was doing math problems, I was like, "How could this ever be confusing to anybody?" And now my slow grown-up brain is. How like, does time work? Know, yeah, I don't understand. They For like sure. Time. time anyway, why does jet lag happen? Why wouldn't you just sleep from eleven to six instead of from eleven? Anyway, to six? it is currently February fifth, and it is about to be February sixth here in a few minutes. And uh, it's time for us to say goodbye. Yeah. Well, do you have any, I don't know, Italian to end us on? I'm at WoW now, but the O's are zeros. And until next week, Arrivederci. Absolutely. Open parentheses, story of a girl, close parentheses. This is the story of a girl who cried a river with time the whole world. But she looks so sad in photographs. Absolutely love her when she's smart. Hold on, just so we're all on the same page. I can't read.